Yeah, and like I always said, guys, if you enjoy getting fucked, just get a PlayStation. You know. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Hey, what's up, guys? We are live. What's up? How's it going? Hey, welcome to Xbox Ultimate Podcast, episode number 106. I didn't realize, you know, holy shit, we got, we're actually here. We're just having a private conversation. Oh, uh, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, did I? I don't know. Did y'all catch that? Uh, we'll see. Um <laughs> wow hey uh thanks everybody for tuning into the show what's up what's up to all the amazing chat i see ptk here what's up shardy what's up uh rsj pat man how's it going tony tony grass so um wow uh anime how's it going dude calorie what up what up wow that's awesome people here what's up chris jones i know chris jones is super happy today um so we could end one and two yep. hd coming yep. back oh god i can't wait yeah awesome awesome news i'm sure it brought a tear to his eye um well guys we also have an awesome panel here look we have three bit again it's amazing but we'll get to his intro in a second uh but first off we get we have a uh first of my heart my lovely wife caitlin who's made some interesting tweets today i don't know where she gets this stuff from but uh, hey baby how are you hi <laughs> um that's how i feel when i look at that picture hey. like when someone says like when i say you know Ew, anime like that's the face that i picture that i'm making um <laughs> <but> yeah so <laughs> Ew, anime but now i'm in the market for a playstation oh <laughs> so um well mav's got one in his room like, mav uses his so i do Marla. like getting a fuck then get a playstation yeah is that why you want one you forgot the cry part it's not just fucked it's cry, cry fucked. fucked yeah yeah it's yeah. an emotional experience yeah 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 so anyway hey guys yeah hey um <laughs> uh the amazingly talented three bit is here like i said uh for is he's like I'm, I'm starting to worry about him because he's actually been here so consistently lately how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Uh, hello, everyone. Good to be on are you, another Are you episode. single? Are you single now? No. Is that what's happening? Oh, no. Okay, all right. No. Just had a chat. She's, she's actually going to uh, come over mid uh, in a couple minutes. Okay. But, yeah, it's, it's good Good to be on another episode of Xbox Ultimate. Uh, Sony is up to their, you know, their usual shenanigans, taking advantages of their uh, consumers because... I know people will pay for it regardless. So, ready to talk about that? Good to be here. Hello, chat. <laughs> uh, let's let's get to it. Yeah, man. Um, the realist himself, the Debbie Downer, the um, lore master, uh, the Disney Dream Light Valley pumpkin harvester extraordinaire. Yeah, Paul um, will water my damn crops. I keep asking him to help water the crops. And he's like, no. <laughs> what's up jasper it's going all right uh just played a little insurgency this morning and then just kind of watch youtube that's what i've been up to so not much i need to get that installed um uh so we can play with fuzzy also because fuzzy's a big insurgency fan and how's it going fuzz how are you doing pretty good pretty good man uh (laughs) playing a little bit of insurgency playing a lot of division and playing a little bit of uh gran turismo lately and having fun all around but uh man glad to be here some so much sony bs going on 
can't wait to get into it yeah man it's gonna be an awesome show today (laughs) i I usually try like on this show to stay mostly xbox talk obviously right and but sometimes it just gets so ridiculous you know what i mean it's it's getting so old the stuff out there how public like sony's trying to be with their arguments against the whole blizzard act act uh, of blizzard acquisition and uh, trying to play the victim out to the public and uh, trying to make their fans and their audience think they're being a victim of Microsoft potentially in the future. Meanwhile, they go and they fucking slapped them in the face mm-hmm. and shit all over them again. And, you know, I'm a PlayStation owner. So this like the constant attitude and arrogance right now for me is starting to get really annoying, you know, and, um, I would really like for people to ask for better and not this hypocritical uh, stance that Sony stands on where they are saying that they're trying to look out for the gamer, especially their gamers. Meanwhile, price increases not on games, price increases on hardware, more expensive subscription service, lack of back compatibility out of the gate uh, originally for the PlayStation, which they've helped remember that somewhat with the uh uh their subscription service however um they also now have announced today that the vr system that they have is not going to be compatible uh with psvr1 games uh we're not introducing pong did i forget pong oh my god I thought you were just going on a rant here, so I'm yeah. just going to let you roll because you've no. done so much. I was going to go to you first on this, to be fair. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of, you know, really annoying um, uh, today seeing all this stuff, especially at the last few days and the last week of seeing this crying from them. Um, but yeah, Pong DM me and he told me to make this tweet, you know, so he said he was too afraid to. So I did it on his behalf. Um, yeah, but how how are you doing, Pong? (laughs) I'm doing better. A little bit each day, uh, so not 100% yet, but uh, even better than last night when we did PM in the PM. So great to be here, fam. Great to see you all. I'm glad I could actually, uh, you know, get through it and and be able to podcast with you guys. I was not so sure about Tuesday, whether or not that was going to happen this week, but uh, got through it anyways. So I'm here. Uh, actually had a lot of fun, um, today. Uh, I tried out the Wolong long, uh, demo that came out. Nice. Uh, and it is really good. Um, I take back what I said to steal in the DMS. I said, steal, I'm not getting souls vibes here. I'm getting more Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. I never played Neo, but then I started getting to the point where I ran out of arrows and couldn't stealth so much. And all of a sudden, I was, you know, you get two, three guys on you at the same time, and it was over Whoa. with real quick. Yeah, no pause. I knew that was coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, but a great uh, demo. It does have its issues uh, on Xbox. Some people are getting crashes uh, all the time. I get a screen that pops up that said there's an error, and I got to close out the screen, but the game keeps running. So it's just more annoying than anything else. Uh, but really cool to see Team Ninja. This, is, this has got potential. The AI is super dumb. I will say that right now. The AI right. is incredibly dumb. Uh, but otherwise, cool game. Um, otherwise, been grinding in a, a little bit 2K3 uh, or 2K23. And then uh, uh, that's been about it. This Oh, uh, Nino Cooney, of course, the remaster that uh, dropped uh, for TGS. So um, that's all I've been doing this week. But great to be here. Great to see everybody in chat. 
and we're going to have a lot to talk about. And Mav is obviously riled up. So uh, uh, buckle up. Before we buckle get up. into the main topic, did any of you all watch the Sega show today? Oh, they had a show today? Show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had a show. But what I found interesting out of the Sega show, like, they had like a, like a, the middle part of it was them talking about Gotham Knights, um, Harry Potter game coming out, and like Goat Simulator. Apparently, Sega publishes like a lot of Western games for yeah. Sony. I found okay. that like really interesting. I was like, that like never That's really comes weird. up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, like, give me an example of one of those games again. Gotham Knights, the Harry Potter Legacy. That's two WB games, but they also did Goat Simulator, which is Coffee Stain, which is owned by Embracer. And, uh, and it's being published in the West, you said, by Sega? No, in the East. Oh, in the East. For, okay, for, I thought you said the Sony. West. I was like... Yeah, they do Western okay. games for Sony. Yeah, like, yeah for is, Sony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I just found that kind of weird. Yeah, that's what? interesting. Um, it is interesting. I didn't know they had a show. I saw that there was a bunch of Sonic stuff that came out and stuff, so I thought they had shown it off on the floor, but I didn't think that they actually had a show today. I missed it. Yeah. Damn. I'll have to go back and check it out. What did they What did they show, like, overall? It was Sonic for, like, 15 minutes, and there was that middle section with talking about their games they're publishing for Sony, and then uh, I forgot what they ended on, but... Why, really like, Sony, why can't they publish their own games in the I East? Don't, I don't know, but it's also WB, so why can't they publish their own games? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it helps with the. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, does it make sense? I don't, I don't know. Sega's publishing arm is yeah. gigantic over there, though, right? So, I mean, that's one of the main things why we'd want Xbox to buy Sega because it'd be just Xbox One. Yeah, that is interesting, though. That is interesting, though. I wonder. I wonder what is behind that. If there's money, or if they just have a longer reach uh, in some areas, in like certain different areas. I don't know. That's really strange though, Jasper. Interesting. Mm-hmm. yeah i'll i'll watch I'm, I'm curious to watch that back too um but yeah so today like I, I was mentioning like we got the news from playstation that uh, psvr1 games are not gonna be compatible on psvr2 uh meanwhile playstation is screaming uh at the top of their lungs uh for regulators to pretty much try and get concessions or block this activision blizzard deal because they're they want a, the best for their fans they want the best for their gamers the playstation gamers that matter the most to them right uh because it, it's an inadequate for xbox and microsoft to offer you know uh, a game franchise to be on their system only for a certain amount of years they want to make sure that their fans and their gamers are completely taken care of right um meanwhile they're sitting there kind of screwing them over left and right without any kind of backlash or um comments from a lot of the apologists out there and it kind of pales in comparison to kind of what xbox's vision is for the future of gaming and where things are headed with with what their messaging is with the services that they're providing and what what they're even trying to accomplish with this acquisition in the first place so is there going to be a change i think uh, this is what i want to ask and is there going to be a change at some point with the mentality of the gamer to the point where enough is enough at some point? Or is this just like, hey, they're number one, uh, they get away with it, and uh, let's just keep uh, keep accepting it, keep taking it for as long as we can, because guess what? We get uh, some good games, right? Um, is that is that kind of the mentality, or are we going to get see a change? What will, t- will it, will it take to see a change? That's a, even a better question going to take them to fall from the number one spot so the minute the the minute that they see their numbers 
dropping dramatically and they see Xbox rising, um, you know, past them is probably when it will take. I mean, that's what it took in the PS3 era, right? So Mm -hmm. they, they screwed up with the PS3, but they doubled down on that mistake. And it wasn't until Xbox 360 took off that they started reversing course and started fixing things and started changing things, right? That's Sony's MO when it comes to this. When they go this route and they decide that they are in the right and they're going to do what they do and their fans are going to take it, fans are going to praise them, and they're just going to you know keep chugging along no matter if there's warning signs on the track that the track is broken down the road. They're just going to keep going until they can't anymore. And I think that that's probably what it's going to take is, is a fall from that number one spot um, and before they actually do anything. Because I don't think you're ever going to find enough Sony gamers to rise up all at one time um, to make a difference as far as just talking about it and saying something and demanding better and asking Sony to change things. I just don't think you're ever going to see it. It's a lot like the Nintendo fan base. It's too, it's too hardcore. They, they, no matter what, will stand by. Yes, you'll have certain people that drift off and finally say enough's enough, but the core is going to remain stubborn and say, no, we're all behind this. This is all good. Sony says it's good, so it's good. Give us more. So I think it's going to take a big fall for Sony again uh, to get the picture that this can't be the way they can continue to do business. What's really interesting about today, Mav, is this is, like, we've seen this happen, this this gen more than I can remember, just because they dominated, obviously, last gen so much. But yeah. Sony doesn't make this type of mistake where they had great news, right? They had a great state of play this week. Mm-hmm. And then follow it up the same week Yes, you did it on a Friday, which is bad news Friday dump, right? Yeah. But to follow it up on that same week with the news that your, you know, PSVR 2, the PSVR games are not going to be backwards compatible with the PSVR 2. That's that's another one of those oddball Sony stumbles that we never saw last gen. Like they, we always said they got bad news, you know something good is coming, right? That That's how they always did it. We get the bad news out of the way, and then we give you a state of play. We give you a I don't showcase. think this news, though, was like like schedules come out. I think the guy in the podcast where it came from was just like talking, and it kind of slipped out, and everyone caught the t- on attention to that and was like, if, oh, my God, we can't play PSVR games or whatever. But 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 if that's the case, Jasper, then it's a still another rare mistake yeah. Yeah. from Sony's PR side, side of things, right? They Normally, they have everything on lockdown. Whoever's out there talking in these interviews, and I don't even know who it was, do we know the, what it position was, the guy had? It said it was the official PlayStation podcast. I don't know who was yeah. like on it or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. That's why I'm curious about yeah. who was actually speaking because, again, that's just the stuff we never used to see last gen. And, again, probably because they dominated. They didn't have to do a whole lot. So, whatever. They, they weren't stumbling over themselves. But this generation with, you know, Microsoft now being in the position it is and them being worried, we're seeing more and more mistakes out of, out of Sony. Um, and it's leading to this now – spot this weird spot for sony where they can't get out of their own way this used to be xbox's thing last gen now it's all sony sony just can't seem to get on a solid roll without something popping up and lately it's been even more so uh obviously with all the public uh bickering uh with microsoft <laughs> now i mean that's just done them in completely 100 percent to a lot of people so yeah, I think it's just going to take a fall now. It's going to take a big fall to, for them to realize that they've got to change yeah. their ways. Well, they've already lost so much market share, especially in the U.S., this generation, sure. right? And yes. we see 
a, a lot of the first party releases that have released for PlayStation are, even though they're still getting solid good reviews and people are saying they're good games, they're not selling as well as they did last generation either, right? Uh, saw that with Horizon Forbidden West. You saw that recently with The Last of Us uh, uh, Part One remake that was that seventy dollar remake of a game when uh, we even saw that sold half as much in its first week as Saints Row did in its first week. Which, as much as that was criticized for being kind of a half-assed uh, game, as Damaged well, damaged hundred-dollar editions that came Damaged out. Damaged, yeah. Really and then, uh, you know, before that, it was the console price increase, and in the same markets that they're uh, trying to raise a big stink over about uh, Xbox. And then right buying after Activision. the price increase, it was we're making it cheaper. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And then they're making it cheaper. Like it's like. One thing after another, and it started with the it started this generation when they announced that you know they believe in generations and you know the whole the whole controller thing where they weren't going to even allow you to use your PS4 controllers on a PS5. Then it then it went into the, oh now we're behind the seventy dollars game seventy dollars games capable it wasn't yeah anything hindering it no didn't want to do it. you could and you can even play those games on PC with the with the, with those controllers yeah, right or they literally just blocked it <laughs> yeah it, it 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 just goes into this like anti-consumerism where they're trying to make a case against xbox for being anti-consumer potentially in the future right and it it just like is starting to become like so arrogant which i mean it's been they've been an arrogant company before right but this is to the extreme now right it to a level that we haven't even seen. I, I would say even in the PS3 days where they came out and they struggled at first, they started doing a lot more positive things after that. Um, but th- in this day and age now, it's like they just like said, fuck it. We're just going to do what we want to do. And uh, if anybody doesn't like it, so what? We're just going to send this message. We're going to sell this message. We're going to uh, pretty much take advantage of every single ounce we can get. Uh, from the, well, I mean, from the again, consumer. that's kind of what Nintendo does. They'll make a new console. I agree. Where you can't use your old stuff, and they'll sell you the same game they sold you five <laughs> times over. So I, it's I've, like <laughs> Nintendo's stuck in a time capsule of like, and I think we're seeing ago, the shift right? of PlayStation kind of taking that model. And since PlayStation's like this, it's Xbox and PlayStation is the two hardcore systems. Whereas PlayStation's taking that model, there's a little bit more uproar. Whereas Nintendo, yeah. it's been like that for. 40 years or whatever so it's like no one cares there's a the difference between the two for me though is like nintendo kind of separated themselves from that market a little bit and has its own niche thing and they are doing things like i said in a time capsule even the games are like in a time capsule almost right and those games are, are really different where like playstation xbox has like the similar types of games right so it's like there's more apples to apples between a playstation and an xbox than there is between Nintendo when I give Nintendo shit all the time. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I cannot stand the way they do business as well. Like the, the whole Mario remasters they did where they, you only could buy them for three months. They Disney vaulted their games. Right. I mean, that's just like insane. Uh, however, you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily, even though it's in the same gaming market, it's not in direct competition with Xbox. I don't feel like, I feel like, I feel like PlayStation, Xbox, are more in competition in the in the console space with each other, and it. When I compare the two, I feel like PlayStation is trying to do Nintendo things, but they're trying to do it with the AAA gaming market like Xbox has as well. But the issue that PlayStation has is their games ain't selling that attachment rate that Nintendo has, right? 
So if you're not selling like the 20, 30 million plus per game, it doesn't seem to work that way for PlayStation. And and PlayStation is taking it further with the price increases also. That's something Nintendo is at least not doing. Where Nintendo never gives you a discount, at least Nintendo hasn't gone up, right? On their console, they haven't gone up. On their games, they are not charging more for the subscription service. That's inferior. Um, and stuff like this is starting to, it's just compiling itself in this PSVR thing today. Now, I've seen people say, like, hey, well, you know, at least they have the VR, right? Well, like, okay, fine. Anybody that releases a product, you got to stand behind that shit, right? And when you release a product, you got to look at how is this affecting that consumer and going forward and making sure they don't get fucked, right? They released that product last generation. Anybody who bought that now will not be able to play any of those games they bought on the new hardware. In this day and age, that's just horseshit, especially on a next-gen gaming console. Period. Point blank. No argument. You can make sure from the ground floor when you're developing that, that that is a priority. Right? But not if you want to resell the games. Not if you want to resell the damn games. Right? Correct. Correct. And remember the whole we believe in generations thing? You know, that's the excuse for that. Wherein the whole argument was bullshit in the first place because any of the new titles available on both platforms. Even the biggest ones released so far, including God of War this holiday. Right. So this whole argument, everything that they've been preaching and preaching and preaching, it's just been like talking out of their ass. Right? And spewing this message while doing something completely different. And that's when it goes to there's regulators and stuff. And um, there's, there's, they're saying one thing trying to be like, Hey, Microsoft is the bad guys, right? They're going to, they're going to damage the gaming industry by giving you too much for a good price. <laughs> like what? Who does it damage? It damages Sony. It damages their bottom line. And any regulators out there that is their priority is, Protecting the number one entity in an industry is not protecting competition. Really feels like like the magic trick where you're just like, "Ooh, look over here," but don't look at what I have over here because they they they're pretty much uh, being very hypocritical uh, with this whole acquisition. And uh, I, I'm your your main question was was basically, what do you think? Um, is Sony ever going to change? Essentially, what would it take for them um, to like? What, what would it take? Yeah, I I, I don't think uh, I, I pretty much in 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 agreement with Pong. I don't think uh, they will willingly change. I think it will take something like Xbox taking the market lead, which is why they're so strong on Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty makes a lot of their money, um, and a lot of that money will now go to Microsoft. Um, in terms of the gamers, uh, I mean, gamers have this public perception towards Sony that it's the premium product. Um, and when they see PlayStation, they see like, oh, they make quality games. And um, I, I think in order to change that perception, it's literally just it's going to take Xbox starting to just constantly release content into Game Pass to the point that gamers can't ignore um they're already doing that right now but to the extent where you 
like you get a a fable you get uh, elder scrolls you get uh starfield you get when it gets to that point i think that's when gamers will start to turn their heads a little bit but in terms of sony they're they're stubborn they're they're not gonna change much they're in fact i feel like they'll just double down on on uh these type of decisions where it's sort of it's anti-consumerism you know um anything they can do to increase the price of something or make you buy something again they they will take that decision um they've been doing it since the launch of the ps5 and they learned it from apple three bit (laughs) we know when their last investor call was because once the investors start seeing their money not getting returned that's when they'll be like shit we got to do something so whenever the next investor call is if they see that their profits are down and they're not getting the return then they're going to start questioning like what we need to do to fix that. I mean, it's weird because well, PlayStation is down. their yeah. profitable. That is their profitable division. Like Sony has the movie division and, and other their products like their TVs and stuff. PlayStation is like their bread and butter and they rely on PlayStation for a lot. So that's why you, you see decisions like these um, where they'll uh, basically increase the price, but put in cheaper parts and, and things like that. Uh, it, it's it's basically because Sony relies on PlayStation to basically function as a as a whole. <laughs> where Microsoft has, you turn on your computer, Microsoft makes money. They they have so many avenues of 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 of, uh, of revenue to to the point where um, Xbox is is starting uh, like is is being backed by uh, Satya this time around, but it wasn't always and. Um, We'll 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 see. I mean, it's it's the it's a reason why Phil keeps saying the, the top competitors isn't Sony. Sony is not in their limelight of competitors, and uh, you can also tell the way Phil responds to Sony's things. Like, we are not taking away Call of Duty. You know, he keeps <laughs> repeating that, but Sony's <laughs> like, no, they're taking it away. They're taking it away. They only sent us a um, three year deal. Yeah, they only sent us three. <laughs> what about forever? Like yeah you know it, it, they're saying that while call of duty is having exclusive content like how how can you say you're afraid of uh them being evil and taking over the industry while you're simultaneously making exclusive content in call of duty that's what i'm you like know, getting really um, tired of here like just how fake jim ryan is like he's just the i hate fucking liars and like that's all he's been doing the past like four months i'm just like I can't anymore. Just like stop talking, sir. <laughs> it's like, get out of the picture. I'm tired of hearing your bullshit. Yeah. Um, fuzzy, like you were, you were uh, about to chime in on this, but like the uh, overall, you know, it was the last investors call that they had actually, like the software sales were down significantly, right? Yeah. They had um, buy back shares even. Right. So, what is like if that's not working, and, and maybe maybe after a long enough times with a year to date being down 40% overall as a company, they should invest in blockchain. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> Don't take advice from square Enix. Uh, that's what Sony should not do. Um, is, do you think that could be the next step? I mean, is, is that behind what these moves are? Because they feel like, okay, we're backs are against the wall potentially. So they're just going to 
try and take advantage of every nugget they can get. Uh, I I don't understand exactly why they're doing I, what they're doing. I, I think they see that the light is dimming at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And it's not that it's going to be, you know, closure or anything like that. It's just that it's going to be a loss in, in margin or loss in profits in comparison to what they've been used to the past, you know, seven to 10 years. I think the big thing now is when you look at that price increase on the revision of the PlayStation 5, where they're saving every dollar they can, you know, cutting costs here and there. They were cutting costs on packaging, which kind of came back to bite them. Yes, they reached out to some of the people that had the initial complaints. We'll see if they resend packaging because, I mean, resending cardboard for a company that bought and in mass should be a, an easy solution, so it shouldn't be too much of a loss for them. I think but, they're just they just stay quiet and they're just hoping it goes away. I don't think. Well, no, they they, they they at least reached out to a handful of people, but it, yeah, it, they they're being quiet at the wrong time and making noise at the wrong time. It, it's <laughs> like they're just stepping on rakes everywhere they go. So when you look at how they are raising the price and cutting costs. This is their way of, okay, we see the writing on the wall. We're not going to have that market share and all the extra money that we've been getting through Call of Duty. It's not that we're going to lose it all together. We're just going to lose a nice, you know, Christmas bonus, basically. They're, they're, I think the figures are somewhere around two to three billion a year is what they make in the microtransactions and, and storefront stuff just on Call of Duty alone. So I, I, I think they see that that's going to be cut in half, if not smaller. So they, they got to make extra dollars any way they can. They're starting to see that the $70 price tag has kind of made people pause on buying or wait for sales more, even though digital is definitely a higher um, margin than what it was in the early PS4 era. But still, there there's more margins being made on on digital software sales, but it's still a slower sale compared to when they were $60. Sure. Your diehard fans are going to champion. Oh, I'll pay 80 or 90 for the games. I'll pay <laughs> 800 for a bundle. And it's like, well, when they look at the numbers, there's only a handful of these people that are doing that because otherwise they wouldn't have to bundle in things like horizon zero or forbidden West in with the, the PlayStation. So I, I think all the bad stuff that they've done is kind of catching up with them. It, it's it's funny how it almost mirrors to some extent what Xbox did at the beginning of the last generation. They came out with the hardware. They didn't want to, you know, split it up or, or whoever was in charge at the beginning, Matrick at the beginning, uh, didn't want to take the camera out because he figured that was the the token to their, you know, success or, or you know, pushing these types of games and that everybody would pick it up like they did with the original Kinect or the Wii U or the, the Wii, uh, at least the their nearest competitor at the previous gen, but uh, Sony is now focused on the remasters as opposed to making sequels of games that people have asked for, even though they didn't get the Metacritic score that people wanted. Like a Days Gone 2, I think, would probably land better than what uh, The Last of Us remake did especially considering they didn't do factions. I guess they couldn't time it or get things going to get factions, the the re-release of factions or update for factions in time for that. So either that or they purposely split them up so they could make extra dollars because what better way to charge you $70 twice than to sell you the remake and then later on have factions. 
or yeah. you know maybe have it as an incentive to you know pad their you know ps plus premium numbers by saying okay factions is free if you subscribe so they're making what appears to be bad decisions but i i think the writing is kind of on the wall they got to start pinching pennies or squeezing these nickels any any or nickels and dimes out of their customers any way they can and that the psvr to psvr2 boggles my mind like if you can play a ps4 game on your ps5 why the hell can't you play a psvr game on psvr2 like is it a resolution thing it, it has to do with their cameras and their motion tracking thing which in my opinion is no bullshit because yeah. <laughs> there's on pc that's not an issue like there's right. there's different systems that use different technologies and all this kind of stuff and it may take updates to the games mm-hmm Right, which oh my god, that is going to cost us money. Holy shit, we can't do that. But you know what? It's we like can the... do. We can update it and charge the customer. That's going to be amazing. They're going to love that when we come out with that great remaster. Make it's like that same crowd that was saying like Godfall is only possible on PS Five. Like it's <laughs> like the same crowd. Like Ratchet and Clank, and PSVR, shit, yeah. Ratchet and Clank is only <laughs> yes. possible with the power only of the, the SSD. SSD. Yeah, it's like, God, yeah, it's, it just it's doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I just right now, Sony is, is, is just grasping at straws and hoping anybody will listen as far as any of these regulatory bodies. And if they can get some more stall time or some concessions to, you know, maybe extend, you know, the untethered version of Call of Duty to their, their box. I mean, they're going to lose the marketing rights, which is probably the main thing that they're concerned about. But they just want to stall for time. I mean, we've talked about it kind of before with the games as a service. This is like they 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 should have did this stuff like five or six years ago kind of deal where they saw how multiplayer or live service games are, you know, kind of the where people are gravitating to. They should have pushed that that initiative, you know. Uh, you know mid middle of the ps4 generation so that way it would have been ready by ps5 but you know i guess you know in hindsight now they kind of are kicking themselves but yeah it, it's they're 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 going to have a rude awakening this generation i think they're they're going to see a bigger hit than what they saw at the beginning of the ps3 generation not that it's going to close their doors in any way they'll still be alive and survive and make money it's just I think it will make it easier for my my ultimate prediction of somebody like Amazon to be like, hmm, how does seventy billion or eighty billion sound, Sony, or or a hundred billion or something to that effect? That you know, we'll we'll take loans out and we can we can definitely cover you or integrate you into Amazon, and you can. Then Xbox is going to be like, what Amazon acquiring that's going to be inadequate for our gamers at Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you know, one question yeah. for you guys. Um, so do you guys think by doing it, like, do you guys think Sony will damage its relationships with publishers or Xbox by fighting with the CMA? Like you have other companies like publicly supporting them like meta and, and I think nobody's come out and publicly even challenged Microsoft's, uh, acquisition of Activision Blizzard except for, no, I'm saying they publicly like accepted, like, Hey, this is a fine, this is fine. They won't damage it because those companies also care about money at the end of the day. And if they cut out half the competitor, they're going to lose half their money. So it's like they, they don't care. They just 
they, they just want money on it could potentially it, it been, maybe hurt in contract negotiations potentially in the future stuff like that i was gonna say that what what they they've already done the damage by all these bs deals that yeah. they've done again they never forced anybody they didn't have ceos of these publishers locked up in basements threatening them okay we all know that <laughs> yeah but we also know we've heard enough stories now and everybody can cry and scream all they want sony doesn't do there's enough stories out there to suggest that sony has implied or directly said if you want games on our system we want this okay if you want to continue to put games on our system we want this they use their number one position to bully people all over the industry. They already did their damage. So I think there's probably a lot of publishers like the Capcoms, like the Bandai Namcos that you now see strengthening their relationship with Xbox. They want Xbox to rise up, right? Because once Xbox gets to a point where the mindshare, and we've already seen the U.S., but across the world, hopefully globally, that they can equal out Sony or actually take the lead over Sony, then yes, those publishers are going to do more favorable deals like with Game Pass and that kind of stuff with Microsoft looking back at someone and going, yeah, guess what? You reap what you sow. You made us sign all those deals. You made us do this, that, the other. You made all those threats to us. Guess what? Now there's a new big dog in town. We're going to go ahead and and side with this person. Not that they're not going to put their games on PlayStation. Obviously, that's never going to happen. But those favorable deals that Sony got all the time are starting to disappear already. You can see it changing. And I think that just continues the more Microsoft gets popular. Yeah, that's 100%. Uh, Remember that epic email where they were complaining to Sony about the cross-play? I just wonder if we'll see more of that pushback. Uh, that that uh, basically, I was thinking about that with the question, yeah. like, well, yeah. what other companies were are willing to be like, you know, what maybe this is not okay. You're charging us more crossplay. You are uh, basically pushing us back from other services like Game Pass that could could be better for us. Or, or um, yeah. you know, well, the side of that, I, I like, wonder... I, I think their arrogance three bit is already having that effect in the in the market because you've already seen market share uh, swaying towards Xbox and, and, and the US are almost even right it's almost 50 50 in the u.s right you saw that happen without any huge first party right exactly uh, and and then in all of these uh other territories like even though xbox hasn't isn't one-to-one this generation it's way closer than it was previously and it's and it's still going like this right that that gap is shrinking so in the effect where is it going to have an effect on their partners and publishers the market share alone is going to have that effect on the contracts and, and deals that they can make with people in those in those territories. And uh, where you have one company preaching out value to consumers and, and and all this without even having a lot for the first party so far, like you said, you know, there's so much value being there that it's already winning over a lot of people. Right. Like they said in the interview, we're going to get into this Phil interview yesterday, like um, like. I think it was like 50% of the new consumers and the act 50% of the gamers in the Asia that have purchased are new consumers to Xbox. Right. Right. And that's, that's a huge number. That's not something Sony wants to see. Right. Because those people may have been more on the Sony side before, or maybe they're leaving that side where that that saw that price increase. And they're like, uh, let me try Xbox. Yeah. So (laughs) there's uh, all these little moves, like starting from towards the end of last generation, moving all the way into this with the messaging and stuff is just having a effect where Sony's doing this to themselves. 
more as much as as much as they want to cry about Xbox and Game Pass and all these different things, their arrogance is doing this to themselves. It's like a self implosion of like, and this happened early in the PS3 generation, and it ended up causing them to change right a little bit. But in this time right now, little move after little move after little move, and you're gonna have some excitement because when they have a great show like State of Play was fantastic the other day, and you're gonna have different things. But then when it's hampered again and again by this negativity, um, it's just I like, think I don't it's know. Gonna t- it's going to take, like, how the 360 generation, how 360 led the first, like, half, and then PlayStation kind of led that, se- that second half. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take that time where Xbox will lead the second half, but right now PlayStation is still going to lead that first half because you're still mm-hmm. seeing smaller devs decide to put their games on PlayStation first sure. because yeah. there's more users there. Well, just so, think about what's going to happen, you know, because the argument against the is the Xbox is still the same. Right, that it's been for a long time. Right now, it's like what, and and you see this whenever you whenever you like complain about something on social media, something that Sony just did. It's like, well, at least we have games. You know what I mean? Like, and it's the same old stupid ass argument, which is, I mean, it has some relevance to it with first party for sure, especially this year. Um, however, that argument's not going to hold up in the long term. In fact, it's actually going to be reversed unless they start to make more investments and more investments, which they already started to do to try and offset this. They see the future coming. They know what's going to happen, right? That's why they've been acqu- as actively acquiring as a lot of the other publishers out there. they got to stock up. They have to stock up for this future. Once this avalanche, and again, we went over all these games and projects are in the works, and this didn't even include Activision Blizzard being a part of the portfolio for Xbox. But once that avalanche of stuff really hits Game Pass with all these AAA big-time titles hitting once a quarter... Then there's no if, answer, buts anymore, right? There's no more but this. I, I like getting fucked because because <laughs> at least I at least I get to get fucked because I, I got the games, I got the toys to play with, right? Like over there, they don't even have the toys. Why do you either. think they call them bangers? Right, exactly. You know, it's like choose your choose, choose your weapon of choice. It's like all right, I don't understand um, overall that men- mentality because people just ignore what's coming a lot of times they they only see what's here and now and i get that that's what matters most what's here what right today because we can only try and predict the future however all of these things have been announced and all of these things we know are coming all of these things all these acquisitions have been made all of this stuff is in the is in the pipeline and you can't believe you can't think that sony and their meetings aren't looking at that and seeing like this pipeline that they know is going to ha- happen in a, in a service like game pass and be like shit how are we going to compete their answers to this question is is what opposite of what they should be. We're going to compete by fucking our customers more. <laughs> That's not how you compete. That's not how you survive in this industry. You you're going to have to change your ways, and they're eventually they will. But they're trying to cling on and grab as many. Uh, they're Klingons. Yeah, they're they're trying to cling on <laughs> to as much as they can and take advantage of what they can while they can. Um, and they're trying to use that mind share and market advantage they have right now to convince regulators and their fans about the opposite is the enemy. The, the value is the enemy. Paying more is the right thing to do. Uh, you know, because guess what? That's what we've been doing. That's the way it's always been. You don't want it something you're not used to. Well, that's bad. You can't have something like that. It gives you too much games for a little bit of money. That's going to be bad for the industry. Oh, man. Hey, you hear me, regulators. Listen, regulators. Listen, people. 
you don't want Microsoft buying this game studio because guess what? It's not going to be on PlayStation anymore because you matter most. Well, fuck you. If, if you matter most, then why am I charging you more? I don't, this is why I think it all, a, a couple different things. First, on, on 3Bits devs and publishers thing too, let's not forget that Microsoft talked about cutting all the fees across their stores um, yeah. as well, both console and PC. Now, obviously inflation the world's issues right now may have delayed that but when they implement that that's going to entice devs and publishers even more because sony's fees are still going to be the same they're not going to cut their fees by any stretch of the imagination um and i think that matt to your to your last point this is why i think that this was a bait by microsoft by phil the attorneys when they did this in public and got jim and sony very angry uh, to the point where they are now doing this big time war of words in the public space, because I think that Sony is really screwing themselves over at the end of the day, because when they go to make a bigger move, now we all know they can't make an Activision Blizzard move, but if they do go buy a publisher at some point, a smaller publisher, it's still going to go under regulation. And now Microsoft and Xbox get to educate all these regulators, all the same people that are going to be reviewing a deal down the road for Sony are now going to have the entire playlist, Sony's playlist laid out by Microsoft and Xbox. Microsoft and Xbox are setting the rules, and we talked about this when this first started. They're now setting the rules for everybody else going forward. And Sony saying all this stuff in public is going to come back to bite them in the ass when they go to buy a publisher, and then they try to act like it's okay for them. Well, Microsoft and Xbox, when those regular and those regulatory, uh, regulatory bodies ask Microsoft and Xbox what they think, Microsoft and Xbox would be like, no, it's not fair. We need, you guys need to keep it multiplayer. You can't take those games away from us. They can do the exact same thing, but they'll have laid out the groundwork of exactly what concessions are going to have to be made. So if Sony has any plans of buying a publisher down the road and then taking some of those IP exclusive that might be multi-plat, well, now they're going to have to follow that same set of rules. This is... This is a problem, and that's why I really think Microsoft and Xbox baited them into this. Um, to Really, they're painting themselves into a tighter and tighter corner, and you can see that they're lashing out. They're a caged animal right now. They know that they can't get out of the way of what's happening. They know the future right now. They seem desperate. Set. Yes, it's desperation. It, they're set to a certain degree, and they understand that all this last generation that they wasted that they sat on top, they sat on the throne and said, nothing's going to change. The world is ours. We've got control. We make the rules here. They thought that was never going to go away because they didn't think Microsoft was going to back Xbox. And now that that's happened, now it's all coming home to roost at this point. And Sony cannot do what they need to do to turn that ship on a dime the way Microsoft and Xbox did. And they know it. And they're in a tough spot right now where yes they can hang on they're cashing in goodwill and popularity checks they're cashing those in left and right by raising the prices by charging extra money for games all this stuff they're cashing in all of that they they earned it they gobbled it up and they kept it and they then they hoarded it now they're cashing in all that and eventually it's gonna run out yeah exactly i saw saw an interesting theory i like maybe why jim ryan was like really focusing on the call of duty thing was he wants the government bodies to like force microsoft into like a 10-year contract instead of having that three one so they can get that deal for cheaper and they won't have to renegotiate every three years so they can get an extended contract without having to 
fight for it. It's all about the concessions and what they want yeah. at the end of the day, right? And, and this is why they're posturing, and this is why they're trying to create this whole dramatic scene. And to some extent, it's working because you even see uh, journalists for, like, major uh, networks actually ask questions about this kind of stuff, which is... I was DMing with Pong, like, last night. of like It's just this whole thing about Call of Duty being what kills potentially a $70 billion deal for an acquisition of a company that has so many employees and so many different IPs and so many different things is just the most asinine and ludicrous, ridiculous thing I could ever thought of. It's like, it's like watching something that, you know, is just like stupid as hell, but it's still portraying out in front of you. Like how, how is this actually reality? Right. This is a reality we're watching where we're seeing like regulatory oh, bodies sitting the there IPs talking that. about fucking Call of Duty. Like, oh my God, we have to make sure the PlayStation gamers get to keep Call of Duty because that would destroy gaming forever if they didn't have Call of Duty. Oh my fucking God. Hell, it's going to be horrible, right? Like, there's not any sense of reality to the situation here, right? There's no world in which that one thing completely destroys a company that is number one in the gaming industry right now, right? They are two to one in sales over the last generation in the market where that's being utilized as the number one tool uh, to uh, hurt this deal, right? And But because they're trying to create this image of the consumer and a gaming franchise being so important to them, they're their consumers, they're trying to use that as a weapon. And I've never seen a regulatory body like actually be like, well, we care so much because we know those people love Call of Duty. That's going to well, shut this Sony deal has down. Very it's little weird. to lose and a lot to gain by shutting down Microsoft out of that deal. Oh, for sure. I don't blame Sony for trying it. I, I'm just looking oh, yeah. at the asinine fact that the regulators and actually a big journalist for gaming media, or not even gaming media, actual... Market media as well is actually looking at this and being like, "Oh, there's actually something to this whole Call of Duty thing." I mean, it's like, are you like, like, are, like really? <laughs> like I said, the DMs though, Mav. Right? I think it's freaking fantastic. They're all focused on this one diamond. Yeah, well, hundred percent. Well, well yeah. Microsoft and Xbox have this whole chest of diamonds that they're carrying off with this deal. They're already willing to share the one diamond. They've said it publicly. They're willing to share it. They're willing to give concessions. That's all everybody's going to yeah. focus on. Meanwhile, they take the rest of the hoard that nobody's paying attention to that's fine by Microsoft and Xbox. I think it's fantastic. And the, the other thing is you're right. hundred percent. That's we talked about this before. It's like a chess piece and Microsoft's been setting that up for a checkmate. That's the easiest thing for them to concede to. It's just still so crazy to see the arguing of regulators that are looking at a huge $70 billion acquisition, talking about one game franchise and what that means to the comp to competition in the industry. It, it is, it is, absolutely ridiculous in the first place i i agree microsoft's gonna put call of duty on playstation for a long time because it makes the most business sense and they're easily going to concede to that it doesn't matter but they it shouldn't even be even part of the conversation they don't even they don't even have to they really, don't have this, to really they all don't this is showing is that the reg like the regulator bodies are dumb as hell but like yes. somebody's playing the dumb card but they're actually really smart about the way they're going yes exactly 100 percent. oh we know they know nothing about the industry so we're going to portray this like it's the industry's downfall if our company 
doesn't get to keep that in perpetuity. Like, but in what? the off chance that like, if if there's this crazy scenario where Sony is somehow getting to the regulators, which I, I don't think will happen, but let's just say that it does. Like Sony somehow affects the deal, and um. Microsoft can no longer buy Activision. What do you think that does with the relationship with Activision and Sony if the deal doesn't Well, Activision through? has a lot more to worry about at that point than yeah. the relationship. You so? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Activision could be on their way down. They would have they might have to start splitting off pieces, selling off pieces. They might have to rebrand or they might have to downsize um or they might just collapse. They're a house of cards. Uh you know, you can blizzard would break away probably yeah, and, Co, yeah. Co, you know kotick is what he is but he's a businessman at the end of the day we all know he's a horrible person but he is not lying when he said that they can't sustain what they've been doing there's just no way they, they would collapse they would probably lay off a bunch of people or sell off studios they'd have to they, It'd be there's no way they could survive yeah 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 um, so they made a, <clears throat> a pretty good decision by i mean I know they they were headed down because of the like the PR and people complaining, uh, like the devs. Uh, I, I was I didn't know if, like in terms of financials they were doing bad too. Well, they've just they doing... they've forced themselves into putting twenty studios on one game a year, and that's just you can't sustain that oh, every running year. it into the ground yeah. over and over and over again. It's eventually going to wear out. And like Rel's, you know, like Relzer, uh brings up too. Now they got the now they got the unions involved because now they're unionizing over at Activision Blizzard, which is a whole well, that, other. That's set just of one. Uh, that's. That's just one portion of them, right? Yeah, I think that's the QA right. team or something like that. The QA right? team, but there's yeah. going to be more and more already yeah. talking about it. And if if the deal fell through and it went back to the the old Activision Blizzard and there was no hope, I think you'd see a lot more groups start unionizing immediately. Yeah. Uh, you know, also, you see people probably quitting and looking for other jobs at other <laughs> studios. And... Yeah, I can't wait to see what those studios make. Right. That's my most exciting about this, honestly. I think, like, you know, you take Call of Duty, you change it to like a for the main franchise, you know, every two, three year type game. And then like we already know it's going to be ne- after Modern Warfare 2 is going to be two years between the next ones. Right. Yeah. And then after that, you know, we're looking at other studios making other things and that adding more things to gamers. And like I that's all I care about. Right. Like what do we what do people get to play out of this deal? Right. And how many people are going to get access to it? The thing about this, this craziest also, is the thought of the people that when when Jim Ryan is crying about PlayStation and their gamers not being able to play this game. Guess what? They will be able to play this game, Jim. If you got a PC, they'll be able to play it. If you have a mobile phone, you'll be able to play it. If you have a TV that has an app on it, you'll be able to play it. You'll be able to play it in way more places you've never been able to play it before. Plus, for the most likely scenario, you'll also be able to play it if you have a PlayStation, right? Well, he knows and, that. He, just he knows that the government yeah. bodies don't know that. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. Gonna... So the the thing is, like, the whole argument about doing damage to their consumers is just complete hypocrisy um, when they're the ones damaging their consumers themselves. And I'm just sick of seeing that arrogance. You know, it's it is what it is. You know, you can't expect much less from from them right now with the way they're talking because they're trying to do this for show. But what I have an issue with is them doing that, and then more news come out that is actually hurting their consumers themselves. 
right? If you're going to put on this show, at least don't do bullshit to your own fucking <laughs> players. You know what I mean? In, um, in that interview with Phil Spencer on, on the news, he was very specific with his words, kind of saying like mobile and and uh, PC <laughs> with Call of Duty. Yeah, browser. He, he he mentioned all that. He was very, he, he's got to be. Again, I can't believe Phil does as many interviews as he does because this is a publicly traded company, one of the richest in the world. And anything he says can affect the stocks, right? So he's got to be careful when he does this stuff. But yeah, he, he did choose his words as that we want to, our games, all of our games to reach more people than ever before. And then he goes on to list all the different avenues you know, which some people takes as implies, well, we don't necessarily need to keep it on PlayStation forever because we're going to have all these yeah. other avenues. But I, I just don't think that's the case. Again, they talked about bringing it to Switch. I think that's real. Again, I think the yeah. Minecraft comparison that Brad Smith made was legit. I think that was honest. I think that was something that they do look at Call of Duty differently than other games. Well, for the most part, what they've been saying is what's been happening ever since the Phil Spencer era has taken over. There's exceptions where they, you know, they said they wanted to do VR and, you know, they, we don't have that. That's the one people point to the most, right? Um, however, for the most part, everything that they said, or even that checklist he broke down originally when he talked about how we're going to save Xbox and all these things has actually happened, right? Um, well, there's some stuff that have taken time and we haven't gotten from Xbox, but. For sure, the pipeline of content yeah. it actually hit it. Or I'm right? just talking about like they like on the Xbox One when it first came out, they always talked about we're going to rework achievements, stuff like that, or like mm-hmm. added mouse and keyboard support. Like we're kind of just now like really getting full mouse and keyboard support for Xbox, and it's still not even that great. But like, yeah, just stuff like that. They've talked about adding to Xbox, but we've just never got, really got. Yeah, there's definitely that things for improvement for sure, and we we criticize Xbox on a lot of these things a lot of times, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've Generally, like what we're talking about is the investment back into the studios, the investment back into the gamers, uh, the winning back, the, the fans being more community driven again, right? Um, we, with the, as much as they've been doing with acquisitions in the industry across the board, uh, this is obviously it's for their bottom line at the end of the day. They, they were their business, right? Uh, they want to make money. It's not like it's just a gift. It's like not like, hey, we're just going to give the gamers everything they've ever wanted, and we're not going to make any money, right? This is a long-term play that they're making here for the future of the cloud and gaming and and what this industry is all going to hold. And um, but the good thing is, like a lot of services out there, guess what? It's sometimes it's bet what's best for the consumer, also, right? And if it co-aligns, like what's best for us is also best for the company. That's a good thing in my opinion. And that's what's been going on for a long time now. Uh, well, I don't know if Sony understands necessarily what that is best for their consumers right now. Right. And we, that's been proven by the remake, so the director's cuts, the um, price increases, all of these different things that they completely get passes on. Um, where you look at that, it's like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, and it, people are just gonna accept it. Um, and, but we're still the ones doing right by the consumer. We're still the ones that know what the consumers want. We're it, it just doesn't add up. Like at the end of the day, and I think that that's why the market share has been dwindling. I think it's gonna keep happening over time. This generation, because what we've said, uh, one on one of our first episodes on this. 
podcast is guess what value is what speaks the most right i mean it doesn't really matter what the consumers want if they're willing to pay if they pay for it and you get profit off yeah but they're not paying for it as much as they did last generation (laughs) that's the problem right like that's what i'm saying like it it worked it did it's just not working like it did any like it did before you know even if you're still selling the consoles you're still not selling as much of the hardware uh the company itself is 40 percent down year to date which if you look at the entire stocks or across the industry, there's a lot that is down, but they are among the worst by far um, that is down. And you can look at uh, Nintendo is like down like 15%. They're down 40. Uh, Microsoft as a whole company with all of their divisions is down 25. Um, there's several different publishers that are actually even up year to date also this past year. Now Sony's obviously more than just a gaming company. Right? Yeah, I mean, you also I was going to say you also have to look at their TV division, their movie division, their music division, yeah. stuff like that. Maybe that's where they're actually losing more majority of their money, not necessarily PlayStation. But the last financials that came out, their software sales were down significantly, yeah. and that has a big impact because PlayStation has been their biggest profit generator. Um, and I just don't foresee that being successful on this trend that they that they've had the long haul and then i think they just got to make some changes for the consumer and i think xbox is leading the way with that right now um nintendo can get away with it and nintendo will playstation is not going to keep getting away with this uh, i i really i really feel like it, and maybe maybe it does take them taking that hit you know maybe it is them losing call of duty or whatever it is that it makes them step off of that uh mantle you know who knows exactly what's going to be but it if they were to go out of business because they lost Call of Duty in seven years, <laughs> that's like the worst lead gaming company on the planet, right? Like, it just doesn't make any damn sense. Because they have plenty of time to prepare for that situation, right? Yeah, it just relying on, like, someone, like a, uh, a company that does a multi-platform game as your business model. Yes. Yeah. You're relying on third, too much third party. That bit Xbox in the ass before, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Xbox and learned that's that why lesson. Netflix went to originals, so they can make their own shit, and they don't have to rely on other people. And that's why yeah. Xbox that's is why... not find, funding as many third party games as much as they are acquiring studios now. Right? They have control yeah, over their IP. Yeah, Xbox. I mean, that's the reason why Xbox is acquiring all these studios to have content for Game Pass. They they keep mentioning Game Pass, mm-hmm. um, but it's because with Game Pass's model, you have a lot of different studios working on different things, different genres, um, and having properties like Minecraft or Call of Duty or these huge IPs going straight into Game Pass is is just it's very good, for, <laughs> very good for them. So, yeah. um, Sony, I don't think Sony can could ever make a Game Pass type subscription model they can get close they can make better deals and um they, they're already making uh uh basically 10 was it 10 different oh, games that are 10 games potential as a service. Web service yeah yeah so they're they're already starting to uh compete at least in, in cer- certain ways uh that they're not doing right now because their focus right now has is action adventure uh, they're kind of going titles. the ubisoft route where let's try to make everything a live service and as long as one of them hits we're good <laughs> yeah. yeah they need they need like yeah. two of them but yeah we talked about this from the beginning three bit that that this microsoft and xbox's plan 
with all these purchases was to insulate themselves from the rest of the industry. No matter what happens third party wise, they will now have enough studios where they can make whatever game they need. They will have a pipeline so that if they can't get any third party deals done, if Sony just goes on a buying spree and gobbles up exclusivity across the board, that they'll be be able to (laughs) supply game pass with as much content as needed to keep people engaged and to keep people subscribed. That's what they're doing. They're insulating themselves from the rest of the industry, creating a giant moat around themselves. They'll welcome people in. They'll still do deals, all that kind of stuff. But if all that were to shut off, they could just pull up the drawbridges and they would be <laughs> set. They, they are set. They don't need to worry about another damn thing. That, that's, that, that's the big move that they made here and what they're ultimately yeah, going smart. for. Yeah. And they can afford to do it. Yeah. Not, exactly. not, many, not many companies can. So that's where they, I think there's a little bit of jealousy out there that Sony from Sony that they couldn't do this same deal because if they would, there wouldn't be even this conversation. No. You know what I mean? No, they like, would have already done a move. They already would have made a move, right? If yeah. they could do it, they would have already done it. They would have been got, laughing all the way. They got bunch. Sony could right? alter their service to make it more valuable. They could add like their movie division into their PlayStation Plus service so you can get, stream all the Sony movies. They could do other stuff like that to add more value to that service. And that's not what they do, though. They don't add value. They fuck <laughs> people. That's that's what they want to do. They want to fuck you. They want to fuck you over and over again, and they want to fuck you twice and fuck you three times for the same game. I mean, well, they, for the same VR game now. They even have a system within a system to fuck you twice again. <laughs> like, they're not even content with fucking you twice in just the consoles. Now they're going to fuck you twice with the console within the console. So they get to fuck you twice, then times two. So that's four times fucked. <laughs> that's like two times. That's fucking twice squared. I mean, like, I don't. I, I mean, it's just. It's so I was never crazy. told there was going to be fucking math here. Okay. There's a lot of a lot of fucking. So, so instead of triple A or quadruple A, it's triple uh, X and quadruple X. Is what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. You know, it should be called the PS PS four squared. I don't know. Like, it's just so frustrating when you see the messaging you know what i mean oh because we're making it superior and we don't want to be held back by last generation technology uh i wonder if these uh when when will we see these ps4 vr games hit psvr2 and be sold again right that's the thing is it worth putting in the dev time to update them for the playstation vr2 considering that it's a small user base to begin with some of them, yes. That's why they did it. That's why they did it. Some of those games that are really popular, yes, they will put the time and effort in and, and resell them again for sure. Yeah. Because the same, because you're going to have, like you said, it's such a niche that a big portion of the initial buyers for the VR two is going to be the original VR owners, right? So they they will rebuy those games again. Of course, that's what the, that's what they're that's what this is set up to do in the long run um, because they're going to need. They're going to need content, and they can probably spit those out. Yeah, pretty do you, quick. Do you think they'll offer like dev support at least, where the devs you dev the tools just, to like upgrade it from the original? Or you think they're like, no, this is going to be it's, it's possible, dude. No, it's it, not I, like I don't care what anybody. I've says. already got the 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 plan for PlayStation VR two. It's going to be exactly like the Virtual Boy. It's going to come out. You're going to get thirty games, and they're going to end support for it because the curtain's so bad. They got to cut money somewhere. <laughs> So you're gonna get 30 PlayStation VR two games, and then you're gonna in support. Oh my god! Don't say, that would be That'll be just in time for the PS6. What well, what is your expectation now? Like, say you the next generation PlayStation comes out, like that's setting precedent again. You know what I mean? We're in the day and age now where that should be a bygone. Compatibility shouldn't just be about 
the promise of being able to play what you've owned before. It should be about the promise of knowing what you buy now you're going to be able to play in the future, right? We're in the digital age. Like 80% of their products are being bought digital. When you buy a new product, you should expect that that shit goes along with you and should be improved. That's the way it is in almost every category except for gaming. And, like, that's what the future is, right? And, you know, the cloud's going to make a lot of this easier. But that's the benefit of digital distribution, where hardware in the past has not only been dependent on what kind of format it's on or what kind of input it's on, like either a cartridge or a, a CD or a, or a Blu-ray, right? The, the physical hardware in itself is only limited by the power that it can produce and, and the potential that it has as a hardware device, right? There's work you can do with software to make that shit work on future hardware. And that's what that's Xbox has been doing, like all all over the place. Like, but that's a problem because you... VR games or uh, Bethesda games. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, that... That's true too. Uh, <laughs> but that's the problem with early adoption of new technology, right? And we're still in the infancy of VR, right? And so I think that that's a lot of it. Uh, I still believe, you know, they could have made it work. Wise, they could have made it work some way, um, especially since they are compatible on the PS5. If you have the old VR headset. You can use it. So now the, all they did was force everybody to keep the VR headset. And now they, everybody's got to have two headsets uh, to play the old games and then play the new games. Yeah. So whatever. It's it's literally they made the decision to disable it. Like there, there's no crazy technical thing that prevents them from doing it. Like, oh, because of the hardware in the PS4, it made it impossible to do on the PS5. It, it, there's not they disable it. It, well, see that SSD is, is so fast that it would load the games too fast. It would it would cause motion oh, sickness. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous. Like you you have a PS4 controller, um, that works on PCs and, and and everything, and it doesn't work on the PS5. You have PS5 controllers working on PCs, and and it it you know it it comes down to money at the end of the day. Um, they want them to rebuy. Uh, controllers. I want them to rebuy their VR headsets, and I, I, I do eventually. I mean, I, I'm in, I'm in the camp where I'm just sort of sick of that anti-consumerism. Um, but you, like Pong was saying earlier, you have those die-hard Sony fans that are gonna buy it regardlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I, I do believe there is enough of the casual audience that looks at value proposition like when they go into a store uh, i think people use use the analogy of like uh the the grandma or the mom walks into the store and they they look for a a product for their sons and and stuff like that i i do believe um value uh will eventually overturn um a big company like sony and i know they know it they they it feels it's hurt them in the TV market already, right? They were priced higher than everybody else, and that's hurting them in the TV market. Like Samsung and LG, you know, took a yeah. huge market share there. Where Sony used to be like king, you know what I mean? And now they're it's like, oh, they're like the little bit premium, but guess what? They're not selling as much. You know, they also raised the price by like five thousand yen in Japan, and Xbox is given a five thousand yen gift card if you buy an Xbox. Yep. So <laughs> you get your yep. money. You get money. Fucking buy it's, the next it's so like a lot of their moves seem very desperate and uh at least their their recent comments with call of duty um they're a business at the end of the day 
there i mean both of them are businesses microsoft and sony are businesses one just is feels very anti-consumer is compared to the other like xbox um is giving you the better value like bar none with game pass and and its future of gaming there there's no argument like oh maybe like sony is doing this and it's fine i i i don't see an argument where in where you can see sony in a positive light with your own value as a customer like i i i know value is uh subjective in a lot of ways and um a lot of people are running with that and and using it as an excuse I don't see it that way. I, I see them charging more and more for games and I'm looking at the other service that's offering the same, if not better, yeah. and for cheaper. So Yeah. I'm just I, wondering I'm just wondering when people will see that. I'm just wondering when we're gonna see the PlayStation Lube hit the market. <laughs> well the lose oh, it, it didn't come with your he PS5? said playstation lose <laughs> yeah it was at the bottom of the box and, and it's gonna start coming with your games um something's gonna start coming with those games <laughs> you're not blown on the controller right yeah psvr2 now with lube my god have we have we turned in have we turned into the opposite of the sony uh fan podcasts that just talk about xbox all day i'm uh, pretty much right now at least. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we reserve like, this this isn't every show right for the 100 people in here like we barely have an episode where we <laughs> yeah. talk about sony this is just like two like this this news is, is so uh prevalent in our industry right now and it, it we, we kind of well, have to talk about it and it does involve xbox obviously and it, especially and it with the comments xbox. yeah so it's the um, it's the it's, it's the it's the, the talking out of both sides of their mouth thing, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. the that's like and, it, and Xbox is benefiting to, to like as much as they keep doing this right now. Guess who's actually benefiting from it? It's actually Xbox because while they're doing all this crazy shit, Xbox is getting market share, and um, it just is what it is, right? Uh, the chat's been absolutely fucking killing me right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it sure sounds like a bunch of Xbox shitting on PlayStation. Hey, I got a I got a PS5 right over here. I love PlayStation games. I I gave the state of play a nine the other day when I watched it, and I got accused of uh, being too. <laughs> oh yeah, we were ponies on. The, I was a pony on that stream the other day when I gave uh, PlayStation a nine for their state of play because I didn't rate Xbox's E3 uh, show or non E3 show as high. Right. Um, I'm just saying. When you get fucked, sometimes you got to say, no, I don't like that, you know, and um, maybe you should, too. Right. Because it's affecting you as a consumer. Right. And Xbox is benefiting from that right now. Literally that South Park video I posted, like when they raised the price cuts. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, can we can we at least pull over and get some dinner? Because I like to be wine and dine before I get fucked. (laughs) Yeah. It's a. it's just interesting, you know, to see like, and we. Here's the thing. What, what, what were we doing with last last week and the week before that uh, we got criticized for? Oh, we were we were criticizing three four three, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we were letting three four three have it, and you know, talking about Halo and all this stuff, right? Oh, people don't like that. You know what I mean? 
now overly we're usually really positive on this show and uh, like i've actually been criticized a lot for being too optimistic and too positive about things with games at times like madden i don't know how that's a thing yeah i i defend (laughs) things a lot and all this stuff but when it comes to my wallet and what companies are doing to take advantage of of you and and me like that's where the consumers got to stand up and start speaking up for themselves instead of taking that taking that back seat and just letting letting you letting them just do whatever the fuck they want you know what i mean like if this was opposite i would be saying the same shit right but it's not but that it's really not. works though like no matter there's it takes a lot of people to actually stand up and say something before a company will even do it. No, 100%. It's, I mean, it usually Apple's takes been money. getting away with that for ever since they yeah. existed. <laughs> and, and it takes money. It takes it takes a hit, right? But it's just the truth. I mean, like when it, whether it's a game that's crappy like Crossfire X, right? Or if it's a I mean, it's all right. content issue, <laughs> content issue like Halo Infinite's <laughs> had or no. whether it's anti-consumerism like like Sony's doing right now, which is benefiting Xbox while they're crying about xbox and this acquisition is uh it's worthy of a conversation and you know like i said when we started this conversation we don't talk about playstation too much here but when they keep bringing xbox into their mouths publicly uh that's not the only thing they're putting in their mouths right keep feel out of your mouth (laughs) so anyways uh but we do need to move on um and we're going to get into some more conversation here about Xbox and lots of the awesome stuff going on that has happened over the last week. Um, and shout out to uh, Chris Jones, who actually hit us with a $10 super chat earlier. He said, uh, you bet your sweet ass I'm ecstatic. Without squeaking in helping me find my love for gaming, I would have never met any of you, Heart uh, 100. Hey, yeah, he's talking about... Uh, uh, Suikoden and uh, being announced as uh, both Suikoden 1 and 2, I think HD is coming to Xbox, which is, that's his number one game, right, uh, of all time. In fact, he's been uh, touting Aiden Chronicles 100 Heroes and Aiden Chronicles Rising ever since they were announced as coming to Xbox and Game Pass and uh, Ultimate Fan there. So absolutely amazing uh to see that for you chris and 100 man i'm glad we got to meet you as well sir and also he uh rejoined the speculators so appreciate you chris jones for uh hitting up that membership for the channel um rel also hit us with a two dollar super chat he says people not buying 70 dollar games waiting on a sale it's happening more right if people something with the 70 dollar price tag is not really clicking with people right and we said this from the start Money may affect things. However, it doesn't seem like it's affecting too much because Ubisoft is on the $70 train now as much as it will be down the line. But as, at one point, at some point, if it keeps affecting the sales, then you may see some stuff change with that. Who, who knows? 100%. Also, we got a $2 uh, super sticker from uh, Kilonitis. Shout out to Kilonitis. Appreciate you as well. Um, all right. So, oh my God. K-Med wants you to slide in his DMs, Matt, by the way. Sliding your DMs? Are did you DM me? No, I said K Med wants you to slide in his DMs. Well, he's been, he's been hitting on you in the chat. Yeah, well, hold on. he's turned on by you. Yeah, yeah. Caitlin and him are going uh, going at it right now. They're setting up that whole situation for you. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are great. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm taking. <laughs> I'm taking. <laughs> I appreciate you guys for real though. Hey, um, 
we got more to talk about. Speaking of things, uh, we've had a big week for Xbox in Japan uh, this past week. Phil, Phil, Phil's there himself, and he's uh, wheeling and dealing. He even did an interview, actually, with, um, was it NBC? I think CNBC. 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 Yeah. yeah. And uh, we got some information from that last night. Uh, one thing that relevant is he also reiterated the fact that they have no plans of any price increase currently. Um, regardless of the state of the world and what's been going on with cost uh, across the board, uh, they said it wouldn't be right to their consumers in the time of economic struggle for them to raise the price and pass on that cost. Uh, so that was something in that interview. But also one of the most interesting things in this interview, which is why this thumbnail reads this way, uh, that made you potentially click on this podcast. He said that well, he was actually specifically asked the question, are they going to press pause uh, with the Activision Blizzard deal on acquisitions. And Phil said, no, we can't. We can't press pause on that. Um, he was asked... That was surprising to hear. Yeah. I mean, he came out pretty much bluntly, and he it's almost like they've been, he's working on stuff while he's there right now, trying to get stuff done, right? I mean... Well, that, was, that was the other part of his quote right, right. now, because then he talked about being over at TGS and being you know great to be back there in person, getting to meet all the devs, get to see everybody walk the show floor. And he's like, and we get to, you know, talk to our partners, you know, that we already have. And he goes, and if, you know, those talks turn into possibility of acquisition, I forget the exact terminology used, but kind of like the, the beginnings of like, you know, just kind of informal talks uh, about that, then that's another benefit of being there in person as well. Yeah. So, uh, Again, the East is where they're hitting next, almost guaranteed, outside oh, yeah. of the small studios that we talk about. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think that we're going to see some move, more moves. And what we saw this past week was some fruits of the labor of the past dealings they've been making uh, that they've alluded to uh, several times of uh, Phil being in Japan, meeting all these people, and they're working with all these different developers and all these things. And guess what? We're seeing companies and franchises that skipped an entire generation on Xbox come back to the platform, right? I know that they're not the newest games right now, and people have been pointing that out. But them coming to this ecosystem right now gives the possibility of those games potentially coming in the future. And if anything is to be uh, looked at as a potential like example of what we mean, all you got to do is look at it, Yakuza, franchises like that, that started putting their games all of a sudden on Xbox, and now all of a sudden, hey, all the new games come to Xbox, right? Uh, so there's a precedent here in which you can be excited if you are into Japanese style games about what they're doing in, in Japan. And we got several announcements, but obviously they got a lot of work to do because Square is still um, not not part of the plans, I guess. I don't know what the hell's happening with Square. I think. Uh, but Phil mentioned them as great partners. Yeah, so. <laughs> he did. I, I guess. Uh, um, but we got some interesting. Uh, Things from yeah, Power Wash Simulator, yeah, from Arc System Works was two games that had skipped Xbox before are making their way to Game Pass as well. So with Game Pass getting those games, it makes you think potentially we could get those in the future. But I, I want to ask this question: like, what is the most? Because if Phil says, "Hey, you know, they're definitely uh, still in the market for this," like, what is the uh, what is the likelihood of targets? Uh, I just, it's difficult because I don't know, do they take the easy route and buy up smaller studios that are easy to acquire? 
or do they just go straight in and try to get a big studio that i'm like it's it depends on how really invested i think they are into this and it seems like they are so i want to say a big studio but at the same time like it's so much easier to just get smaller people and just gobble up like 10 small people to make equal a big studio so i just don't know where they jump in yeah their worldwide plans dictate that they have to go publisher their worldwide plans need they, they need an arm over there in the east they really do they need an xbox east um to really do what they're looking to do so again i think as confident as phil is every time somebody asks him this question about acquisitions as many times as he's now said you know we've got areas of the world that we still need to do work in and that we want to get into i think they go big i i that's why you know Sega's the obvious one, but you know you got your Bandai Namco's, which would be a little bit more complicated. And like Jasper said, it's not going to be easy; it's more difficult. But I think that they're, if they're serious, which they are, they got to go big. So I think they definitely are going publisher over there. Yeah, uh, what would be the number one publisher that you? think? Well, I mean, be? if you just had your wish list, uh, well, Capcom. I, what would be the <laughs> I mean, what would be the most likely though? You think? I just well, like like Sega. I said before like i think nexon makes more sense just and i agree just due to the fact that you get mobile you get korean japanese you get triple a games you get smaller studios you just get so much with that that publisher that it's like almost like too good to be true i think for them and i agree jasper nexon would be the my dark horse like if we were doing horse racing for sure (laughs) i think nexon would be it would be it would be a great one and i you know when you brought it up i hadn't even thought about it because i had been saying that they need to get into Korea, right? But now the Nexon's moved to Japan and they've got both uh, worlds, that would be a perfect buy. I agree. But I think Sega's the easiest one. I think Sega's, their, their, their business dealings, how they, how they operate is so westernized in a lot of ways now, and they've worked so closely with Xbox. It would be almost a ZeniMax-style transition period that they just let Sega not- become Xbox East, and they already trust everybody there. And it's just an easy, easy absorption of that company. Um, yeah, and it definitely that's makes I still think it's sense. Because yeah. they would be like the, a big publisher for that region. And they could just handle all that stuff. So that, that would make sense. But, and yeah. maybe it's but I like your just... Nexon. I like your Nexon. <laughs> it <laughs> is, I think Sega does make sense too. Because like, it's easier to small, start out with a, at least a small publisher firm. And then you can kind of spread out from there once you actually get that your foot on the ground there. So that does make sense to get just like a major publisher just off the rip. Right. I'm going to play this clip here real quick, guys. Uh, this is a uh, Pong. You had shared this with us last night. Is Fuzzy sleeping? No, no. I'm oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't Jump interrupt. In, Fuzz, like you're do. part of the family. Interrupt. Get in here. He no, be called I, on. <laughs> like, I, I, I like the idea. And I, I know you guys have floated this before, like with the whole Xbox East, as far as with Sega, just rebrand the Series S and Series X as, you know, the latest Dreamcast or something along those lines. Xcast. Okay. Oh wait, yeah. no, there's a podcast. That's yeah. Called. <laughs> but yeah, that, I think that's that's probably the easiest or most logical step. Um, but Nexon or the Nexon definitely makes sense. But I I kind of like the whole Capcom thing because there's history there as well. There was a bid to buy them in the past as well. Um, and you you can at least revisit a lot of the uh, uh, the IPs. Well, not revisit, but you have Street Fighter as another fighter within your your 
your stable of IPs. Dead Rising. Yeah, Dead (laughs) Rising, they can revisit, do basically a reboot. You have, you know, State of Decay could be your more serious zombie type game. And, you know, uh, Dead Rising could be more of your, your fun shooter type of, like Dead Island type of game in comparison. So, I mean... Capcom and Sega are probably the the two big ones that uh, definitely keep an eye out for. Bandai Namco is another good one, uh, just because of the variety of of titles that they have. Plus, they have fighters in in their you know catalog as well. Um, but man, I, I think like going with a I think Bandai Namco could be a problem because Bandai Namco has a lot of exclusive yes. deals with Sony mm-hmm. and they would honor those so like we it would still be, it would be like a Bethesda situation or Activision situation they were facing now where we have to wait that 3 year period or whatever for those deals to get done and it just yeah and they're one of the world's largest toy makers as yeah. well and they haven't like Sega divested themselves of all the ga- of the pachinko pachinko machines and stuff so that's mm-hmm. what makes Sega now easy cuz Sammy and Sega are now separate um but bandai namco's got pachinko machines they got toy making they've got a bunch of that's why i said it'd be a lot more complicated for that that partnership at all yeah i think they'll just be looking for i mean so far they've acquired bethesda and trying to acquire activision when they were sort of on a down spiral of either pr or financials like bethesda had to start changing some of their games to fit more of a model that doesn't really benefit them um uh, their model as a company has always been these expansive worlds these sort of single player games and um uh, what was was at least happened with wolfenstein was they had to uh, start to advance a model that like let's shout out this dlc to, to get some money and I, I, that's why i think microsoft was like a perfect fit for a company like bethesda uh activision i mean we've we seen what was happening with them they they uh the pr with the dev teams basically being sexually harassed and and things like that um was putting the company in a position to be purchased kind of um so Uh, i would start to look for a company that is on a sort of i will say they did have talks with konami before they have okay yeah like they were originally in talks with konami but apparently it went like public or something so they had to like back out of the deal because they couldn't like do it because it would be like insider trading for like the public or whatever if they went and bought it so they've had talks with konami before but yeah it'd be interesting konami would be an interesting move i i'm gonna i'm gonna play this clip now guys and we're actually gonna get to a couple super chats real quick first uh uh, also, hey, Topaz Girl hit us up. Uh, member for five months. Appreciate you. He said She said, uh, next acquisition Capcom. Dream It would be dream, uh, dream come true for Game Pass uh, for me. <laughs> it would be amazing. Alvin with a $5 super chat uh, says, Guilty Gear, Street Fighter, and Blaze Blue all coming back to Xbox after Sony bought Evo is huge. This is a message these companies want Xbox around. Uh, I agree with that as well. And a $5 super chat from Topaz Girl. Uh, as well, thank you again. She says, I hope they pick up a few Korean studios while there. From what I've seen recently, Korean studios rock. Yeah, Korean studios are on the up and coming. They have some We've of the most. been pounding that table yeah, for how long, most, Mav, since last year? We've most Im- insane tech coming from there, like this the engine tech, all this People stuff. People make PUBG. They were close with those. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to play this clip here now. 
Um, and we'll Speaking of content, there's no avoiding you that, what guys? every gamer has been talking about, I suppose, over the last couple of weeks, and that is this ongoing stoush with Sony when it does come to regulation. I've, I've got to ask you if, you, if you ask Sony, if you hear from Sony, obviously we, we, know, we know what Jim Ryan is suggesting, that the three years isn't enough in terms of providing for Call of Duty, and it's something that the regulators are now obviously going to be looking at. Can you not just provide that clarity and just say, hey, we'll make it available in, in perpetuity? That was the most dumb question I've ever heard before, uh, by, by the way, which echoes um, some of what we've heard from the community and stuff. Like, can they not just say, hey, we'll bring Call of Duty there forever? Like like a contract is written that way uh, between game. It's just asinine. Anyway, however, uh, I'll let this continue. Yeah, I can't talk a ton about where we are in regulatory just because of the the mechanism that that is. You know, I've said out there publicly to our fans and our customers, which is where our strongest commitment is, that our expectation is that we'll continue to ship Call of Duty on on PlayStation and other places where people see and hopefully expand the number of places that people are playing all of our games. That's been our goal. We put the player at the center and through technologies like cloud, through shipping day and date on PC, our expectation is the games that we're building will be played by more players going forward. And that's our goal uh, with all the games that we're, we're building today. But, but can you understand as well if you're in Sony's shoes and then you see that the strength that Game Pass has right now, the ability that you guys have been having, and I'm a Game Pass user myself, so it's, it's, an, incredibly good, it's an incredibly good service. But if you were to, say, for example, put Call of Duty for free on Game Pass and then Sony users still have to pay for Call of Duty, that that could create problems as well? You know, when I look at something like Game Pass specifically, I think it's the output of competition in our market. We sat back as Microsoft and Xbox and we thought, how can we innovate and create value as you're talking about as a Game Pass subscriber? Thank you. Um, How can we provide value to players? And we came up with a new model for customers building out their library of games and gamers love it. I think that's what competition is about. Competition is about driving competitors to innovate driving competitors to do new things like cloud, like subscriptions, like building new intellectual property. And I think everything that we've been focused on is how do we compete effectively? And how do we deliver more value to our customers? So they're talking about how can they compete effectively as well, right? So it's like um, one thing I, I'm looking for another clip as well, but um, Pong, you got something to say? No, I was just going to say, it's just amazing how all the journalists are so worried about Sony. About Call of Duty. They're this little company who just is going to just fold up shop because big bad Microsoft from third place is squashing them. It's just, it's insane, man. I just, it's so funny how these people that are, again, this is a business show. So they're on the business side of things, but how they are so ignorant or feign ignorance to the fact of what Sony, how they do business. A lot of journalists are. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you read articles on what's going on with, with call of duty, it's, it's always sort of favoring Sony in some light. Um, where like just from the headline, like, wow, Microsoft, uh, or, or Sony fights back stuff like that, you know, in, it is it is how it is i guess being sony not only being the industry leader um it, it also comes with a huge bias within the industry as a whole um whether it's in gaming award shows or it, it extends outside of um 
out of like p- p- like just medium in, in, in general. So I don't know. I, I think um in this interview in particular, I, I don't see it as uh, like a lot of people are like saying like the interview is an idiot, whatever. I think I think um it's just geared towards a different audience who probably doesn't know much about the industry. Um like we know a lot we're in we're in the trenches we're we're looking at articles all the time we're on talk shows talking to each other about it and we're educating ourselves and we we know things ahead of journalism uh, a, a lot of the times and then i feel like a lot of journalists are surprised like whoa i didn't see this coming but it, it's like if you are paying attention to what's happening in the industry where it's moving microsoft is 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 innovating in a lot of different ways uh that um they're seeing the future and then i i feel like a lot of people are still sort of in the past of of uh where um uh where games are sure like the model the older business models yeah 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 um and they're not really seeing what the bigger picture is here um and it it shows through their ignorance and their questions yeah so it's also harder for people to adopt change rather quickly like if there's a major change it's harder for people to kind of jump on board with that so um and it's it's a big change so another thing is you still have that cloud of microsoft from the 90s and 2000s that people always see them as the the big bad guy that's bullying the other companies even though they're they're the you know, the small guy on campus in this this particular realm, as far as gaming is con- concerned, as far as output and numbers and so forth. But, you know, overall size of the parent company, sure, they, they're, they're the big dogs. But in, in uh, gaming, they're still a small fish. But, you know, the 90s, 2000s, when Bill Gates was, you know, yelling at people and about ready to throw people out windows type of deal or or uh <laughs> bomber was you know yelling at people about stuff to get what they needed done you know it it still carries over to this day so i have more uh clip here and i want to play this this is gets we're gonna it's gonna get into some of the mergers and stuff um i believe so let's let's get into this one debate and arms race everyone's getting incredibly acquisitive at the moment so aside from activision and potentially what happens there do you are you still looking to remain acquisitive because you've got tencent really starting to get involved in the space now you've got sony nibbling at the edges or is it just about waiting and seeing what happens with activision and then pressing pause for a little bit in terms of buying up other studios yeah i mean you mentioned it you nailed it this is such a competitive market i don't think we get to press pause on anything uh you know you tencent is the largest gaming company on the planet today and they continue to heavily invest um, in gaming content and game creators. Sony is a larger business than we are in gaming today, and they continue to invest when you look <laughs> at the investments that we've made. Uh, it's a highly, highly competitive market. If you if you guys don't notice, Phil is talking, taking shots of uh, talking points that the regulators also uh, would need to hear as well because it's a very competitive market. There's so many different players. Ten cents that highly invested. Sony's number one. You know, all, all of this kind of stuff. We strive to be a major player here. We want to deliver great content for, for our players. And we're going to remain active. Like I said, whether that's investing in our internal teams that are already building great games, 
um, that people know and love, whether it's building new partnerships. I mean, one of the things I love about coming here to Tokyo is the developers I get to meet with, the new partnerships we have with people like Kojima Productions, going to talk to our <laughs> existing publishing partners and independent creators about games that we want to build. And if it turns into acquisitive M&A work, we'll, we're active there too. So uh, the work for us never ends. It's a competitive market, and I want to make sure Xbox is at the forefront of innovation and competition. All right. So, hey, guys. All right. So I'm going to get into this. Right, well, You guys were talking about, um, they're talking about new partnerships. We're talking a lot about this stuff, right? And uh, establishing relationships and bringing out content. And um, here's one theory, and I, I agree, Pong. I do think they need to strengthen the publishing arm there as well. Um, but they also did announce back in April that they are already hiring for their publishing in Japan, and they're already trying to build that within. I would imagine since April to now, they've actually done some of that, and they're they're trying to establish an, the Xbox publishing arm in Japan as a stronger entity within itself. So I feel like that's for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Not only for third party deals, like we've seen maybe with like Wolong and things like this, where they're doing deals and helping uh, their uh, presence in the area. But I believe it's because they're ready to acquire some studios in Japan and these other Asian territories that they need a better infrastructure there to manage, right? So if they do have that in place, it feels they're making wheel and dealing right now. I mentioned it a little while ago, two games that are coming to Game Pass, which is Blaze Blue Cross Battle uh, and also uh, Guilty Gear Strive, which both skipped Xbox last generation, okay? Um, there's also was rumors and it, not necessarily a rumor, but a theories from some other big creators out there. I, th- I believe it's Maximilian who put this out there into the public before about the theory that killer instinct could potentially be being helped developed by arc system works. Right? So if you put something like that, and then there was a lot, if you watch his video back then about this, it was about, he, he checks a lot of boxes into this theory Right, that makes a lot of sense. There was a lot of talk about nobody knows what they're working on right now. It's in dead silence. It's rumored that Xbox had made a partner to be making Killer Instinct, um, and then you add the ammunition now of two Arc System Works games hitting Game Pass. Third thing, they are a private company. As DMing Pong asked about this last night, like, are they are they are they a subsidiary of anybody? If you are trying to make a deal no. and make an acquisition in a territory like Japan. It may be easier to do something like that if you're dealing directly with the independent company. And before Activision Blizzard, what was the status quo for Xbox? It was buying private buying companies. Private companies. <laughs> it was they were targeting private companies, and that was the, kind of the, their mo. Um, Activision Blizzard was like, "Whoa, nobody saw that coming, right?" But even Zenimax Bethesda was a private company, right? So when I'm looking at potential here, it fills a need, right? Xbox has a need; they need a fighting game studio, right? They need a studio that has a lot of that Japanese flavor with a lot of the games they develop. Also, Arc System Works does publish games as well. They have a publishing uh, arm. It's not a huge studio, but that would be something I could see them potentially trying to target as a good fit. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Regardless, the end result right now is we're getting games like those in Game Pass, so it's a win-win either for me right now. But I'm looking at that, and I'm like, hmm. That would make a lot of sense, right? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it also kind of goes... They do a lot of stuff with it, like multiple anime IPs. So you get a lot of fandoms coming into their game just because of that. So 
you can attract a larger audience if you mash a bunch of IPs together in one big game like that. So maybe they don't necessarily make Killer Instinct, but they start adding Microsoft characters into Cross Team or Blaze Blue Cross Team or whatever. Right. Yeah, they could do a lot I of want different them things. To do their own Smash Bros. And if Arc, if they put Arc under their umbrella, that would be great. I mean, it, we don't know what they're working on. So maybe, do you guys think it could be a Microsoft game like that? Or it, I don't know. Who knows, man? Like, it could be. Like, I, it's a, it's a studio that's been around for a long time. They make really high quality fighting games, right? Uh, the Guilty Gear games and uh, Blaze Blue. Uh, I was very disappointed when I saw that those games were avoiding Xbox last generation. Um, so I, I just, you know, there's so many of these big publishers like Sega and Namco, uh, Bandai Namco and yeah, Capcom. And as much as I want to say, like, oh, they're going to be able to get one of those. I think potentially the, the most likely scenario out of that could be Sega just because of the relationship is so damn strong and they keep strengthening it even more. If you're talking about big publisher. Uh, besides that, I, I would look at, OK, what's the most likely scenario? And I'm thinking. I'm thinking the independent studios, right? It could be something they would target because it would be an easier acquisition. It also wouldn't face any kind of scrutiny or anything like that as well, right? That's and, kind of what I brought up at the beginning of this thing. I was like, do they go yeah. for small or do they go for big or whatever? But I, I think they go for smaller now, potentially, to help strengthen. And then once the, the Activision Blizzard deal gets closed, maybe it opens up more opportunities, especially as that uh, publishing arm and they get more entrenched in the area. Right. And and Xbox continues to be more successful there, which um, we know we know it is right. And these games coming to Game Pass and coming to the ecosystem is going to be really big for a lot of the Japanese gamers there, because guess what? You don't even need to own an Xbox if it's in Game Pass. Right. There's fans of all these franchises that have these mobile devices and stuff that may just consider, you know, subscribing to Game Pass to be able to get one of those games on and play it mobile. Right. Which is a huge thing over in that territory. Um, Fuzzy, what would you think Arc System Works would be a decent fit? Yeah, I I, I think after Maximilian's, uh, you know, kind of uh, not really conspiracy theory, but his, his theory on what uh, could be happening as far as like Killer Instinct and things like that, that would that would be an awesome fit. I mean, personally, I would like to see more of a, a reach for Capcom in the grand scheme of things. But once again, Street Fighter would be something that more than likely Microsoft would want to keep as a multi-plat, but with, with uh, Arc, I, I think they're the ones that are behind like the Guilty Gear series, so that I, I think in all essence would probably be a, a nice um, from a mechanical standpoint a nice fighting game. Um, it is going to be a different style than what we've seen on, on Killer Instinct in the past, but I think as long as you can get the mechanics down and they're I'm, pretty sure they're pretty good with netcode as well I, I think that would be a a win-win it's just it comes down to the character style if it's going to be more along the lines of what we saw with killer instinct previous or would it be more of like a reboot with kind of a uh a, a more of a drawn uh aesthetic as opposed to like a 3d rendered character uh like more lifelike or or something to that effect but yeah i hopefully fingers crossed because I think the whole deal was he was saying that originally it went to Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco would be the ones that would usually lean on Arc Systems, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, you know, fingers crossed that they are working on something Killer Instinct related, and that's like that that trial before acquisition, you know, for organic growth. <laughs> yeah, 
and they do have like a small publishing branch that it does publish games as well. So mm-hmm. it's, I, I I don't know. I think it would be a good start, right? Uh, they do have Tango GameWorks there right now as like their lone Japanese studio, I believe, uh, which was part of the Bethesda Zenimax acquisition, and I believe that was a private company before as well, right? So yeah. uh, this would just make a lot of a lot of sense to me. But uh, who knows? It could be a lot of different things. Do you, I kind of wonder if they need to focus on more like mobile experiences over there first, just to grow the Xbox brand, like ingrained in people, and then mm. start spreading out to larger stuff like console games. Like maybe they should even start smaller than what we're even thinking now. Just like focus on mobile right now over there. Yeah, they got King. Well, we're about to have King. That's the King of mobile. Yeah, but, but that's but that's why a big publisher makes so much more sense up front. Because once you get that, then that becomes another umbrella and you can have Sega make acquisitions over on that side of the world, right? Smaller acquisitions yeah. and bring them into the fold. That's why it just makes so much You have the brand recognition with so, Sega there, right. too. You can keep the name. Exactly. You got all the friendships. You got all the business relationships already pre-built in that you don't have to build up. And I agree, Mal. I think that they started that team over there to make sure that they have a presence now on the ground. Um, in that area, no matter what happens, whether they got to go small or whether, you know, if if they can't go big right away, if they start small, then you got to have that presence over there. You got to start, you know, being there 365 days out of the year, not just Phil and Sarah flying over there, right? That's ultra important. So I think that's a big part of it. But if they could, if they could nab a bigger publisher, then it just becomes so easy to pick up the smaller, you know, devs that you want underneath that umbrella. It's easier to buy your way in than build it. (laughs) That is correct. And, yeah. and again, when you got the money, that's business, man. That, that's straight up business. So um, that's all. Uh, but no, Arc Systems would be a great addition. Um, that has been, you know, they've obviously published a lot of stuff on PlayStation um, and have skipped a lot of Xbox. But I love what they do and they would fill a need. And as, like you said, a, a as a, a private company, much easier to get that done yeah. than it is with the bigger ones. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's just something I would with, look at. Like, hey, why know, not? Was it last uh, Tokyo Game Show? Or was it Sarah Bond said they have like a partnership with like two hundred plus whatever yes. people? Two hundred fifty. So, the last time, she, last thing she yeah. said. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, maybe instead of just going out for Sega, maybe we see like a large acquisition of like a hundred indie studios. <laughs> wow, a <laughs> hundred indie studios. Hmm. <laughs> just That'd like one big shopping spree <laughs> come and sign so up to be acquired everybody you yeah, know do like a, everyone takes do a line, a, like here you go they do a 90 minute show where they're just scrolling names of indie devs that they've put that they've purchased as phil's they're reading them off that would be insane <laughs> man that sizzle reel would be like a half hour at that point yeah. right uh but they, i think i think you're I mean, I made a video about this a long time ago that Microsoft typically goes for private companies to to purchase. They're a lot easier, easier to acquire, yeah. um, and you don't have to go through a lot of the regulation that you normally have to do with a public company when you when you have to uh, worry about shareholders and, and things like that. You, it's a lot simpler, so it it makes sense. It's a lot faster. Uh, Something like that you could uh, maybe do while the Activision Blizzard deal is still going on, also. Yeah, I, I think if they do buy a public company, um, then I mean, 
a public company that's sort of on a down down spiral makes sense that needs some financial help that would benefit from someone oh, going like Sony. Microsoft stepping like in. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sony, I feel like Sony will be purchased, not by Microsoft, yeah. but I feel like in a couple of years, maybe four or five years, I think Sony could get purchased for sure. The only yeah. issue with Sony getting acquired is like that if if the regular regulatory political landscape is the same as it is now that's even a harder acquisition to get through for any of these big tech companies because it's not just affecting gaming like activision blizzard is for microsoft you're affecting so many different categories across different industries if you purchase sony right and we already see how they are with with amazon and apple and and google and and the other players that you would think could be potentially involved with sony right so I would think it'd be more likely, if anything, in the future for Sony to potentially merge with somebody or um, some other kind of situation like that. But who knows exactly what's going to happen? The future cannot be predicted like these regulators think. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, but uh, let's get into more of this. Uh, well, actually, let's first get the super chat. Uh, sub to Victor Alstein for five dollars super chat. Appreciate you. I don't think it's favoritism, but more of allowing clarity. Interviewer gave Phil a strong chance to rebut well, and Phil delivered a stronger answer. I agree with that too. In regarding the uh, um, answer about you know the uh, ac- acquisition and Call of Duty going to come there, um, maybe you know the interviewer is trying to give that typical fanboy talking point and the Sony talking point right there with allowing Phil to respond. Right. Um, I even saw at one point during the clip he had actually put up the quote from Jim Ryan. You call that Phil. <laughs> Spencer out publicly, which I thought was interesting, right? But Phil's taking the high road here, like, like he usually does. Where he's taking his shots is within the comments that he's making, uh, which you have to be knowing everything that's been going on to really understand what he's doing. But that's I good. would be so petty uh, if I was in Phil's <laughs> position. Yeah, like he can't be though. I would, right? Like I know you can't, which is why I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but like if I was in Phil's position, I would not be as friendly as oh yeah i will honor pre-existing deals i would throw that contract out of the window and it would only belong i would be kind of like so you wipe your ass um, with it? you and me you and me both <laughs> three bit we'd be thanos up there we'd just be snapping games away from sony It'd just be like yep like, nope, oh that you don't have that oh, anymore that's mine <laughs> let's, let's get to some more say, of this say something else jim say something else yeah like what okay maybe uh three years all right after that three years all right <laughs> that game is exclusive yeah. I, I would just say it outright like i would be very petty uh, i mean bless phil like he, he he's he's doing his job but <laughs> yeah he's do, he's doing his know, job right and he's from under sony <laughs> oh my god that would be crazy uh let's uh let's get more of this phil interview here uh phil let's uh just uh jump off on on the uh acquisitions uh point that you raised and uh we're also actively engaged with our users uh, and, and our viewers. In fact, we got a viewer email. This is a waste MJ of a time question. Manzo, and up, he or she uh, asks, are there any plans to buy a Discord? <laughs> We've, uh, no, we partner with Discord. <laughs> Bill laughs for a second. Platform. We love that <laughs> He was totally off guard with that. Users can now voice chat with people on Discord. I think that's a unique capability of the Xbox console right Why now. Why do they pick that question? Other consoles. You know, I love Did that know it was a waste of time? For many years. That makes more sense for Discord. Microsoft to buy it than Xbox. Job. 
Um, yeah. And right now, I think the I, and partnership that we're building Discord is, approached is the them with that eleven billion dollar offer to sell. Yeah. Or I'm going to ask or, because you're at the, the maybe it was more than eleven right billion. Is, is that the next? And I guess the contract fell through or whatever. But. Yeah, they were in talks before, but it didn't work out, and then they ended up doing it, taking investments. It's just, and stuff. Yeah, it's just that would just be for the technology on Microsoft side, not necessarily for Xbox. At the end of the day, for that. Well, let's get it. This is where I, that question was pointless, but let's get into this part big i suppose subset for you at my, the tokyo okay. the tokyo game show right now. all right let's give it back i've got to ask because you're at the the tokyo game show right now is is that the next big i suppose subset for you at microsoft because that's sony's power base especially considering that the jprgs and the type of games that they do create is, is that somewhere that microsoft's looking to perhaps invest yeah when you think about you know on the console space of both nintendo and sony this is obviously their home field here and it's a reason why i mean it's been a while with covid and stuff since we could travel here as a team um, and work on the partnerships the we had our great showcase last night i love the fact that we had 18 asian shows games in our showcase that investment in partnerships continues to pay off but you're absolutely right when we think about the globe in a place where xbox has to work extra hard um here in japan and is is definitely a market for us where we've got to boots on the ground, meeting with partners, making sure they trust us, they understand our platform vision. And that's what I'm here doing. I'm here with the team. Yes, the show is great, Tokyo Game Show. I love talking with fans and customers and doing our showcase. That's all fantastic. Uh, but more than anything, I'm spending time in meeting rooms and in developer kind of meetings with controllers in hand, talking about what developers are building, talking about the vision that they have for their next creation, however that might show up, cloud or whatever they want to do, um, and make sure at Xbox we're building the best canvas for them in creating the games that they want to go build. Really quickly, we saw uh, Sony. He's not there for the Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> no. He's there for the... <laughs> The he, he's going to maximize his time in Japan, right? Yeah. You know, how many times have we seen him like take trips there? I think he's excited now that like he can be there more freely, right? Without a lot of the uh, pandemic stuff uh, interfering as much. But um, I think he's trying to make moves right now, dude. Is what he sounds like. I'm not. I'm not trying to say like, oh my god, holy, holy crap! Like, it's just he's pretty much saying that he's trying to make moves right now in Japan, right? And so. We got to take it for what it is. Uh, he's there to do business right now. And we're going to see the fruits of that at some point. Uh, who knows 100% what it's going to be. Uh, if it'll be an acquisition, it'll be more partnership deals, more more Game Pass games coming to the service or what. But we're going to see something. Uh, that's for sure. But but Sarah and him took the time to stop by the uh, Atlas. Yeah, I saw uh, that. You know, did you see that? The, the Atlas uh, on the floor, they're, they're set up. And Atlas uh, Japan actually tweeted out a picture uh, saying thank you for Phil and uh, Sarah dropping by. That wouldn't have happened last generation, folks. Nope. So making moves. Yep. That's what they do. They're making friends. All right. Uh, Atlas was that stubborn studio. Maybe uh, in my head they were stubborn, but I feel like they, they, they really were very they were. stubborn in not making games for other consoles. So the fact that's a huge shift in that. That's credit to Phil and his team to uh, change that relationship around with Atlas, and now those games are coming to Xbox. Well, it obviously helped because they're underneath Sega, right? But Sega could never strong-arm Atlas. They let them do their own thing. That was like their agreement, so Atlas had free reign. But now with all the dealings that Microsoft and Sega have been doing, obviously, I think that loosened it all up, and they probably they probably forked over some cash to get those Persona uh, yeah, most likely. Uh, on Xbox. But yeah, definitely... 
definitely needed to be done. And it just shows that there is a changing of the tide right now for sure. Yeah. So it's good to see. And this will have an effect on the industry. Uh, even if it's a small one, it'll have an effect. Uh, let's get to more of this. The prices of their consoles just recently is not oh, the prices. Uh, Sony upping the prices of their consoles just recently. Is Microsoft categorically able to say that you won't be raising prices on your Series S or X? And we're always evaluating our business going forward. So I, I, I can, you know, I don't think we can ever say on anything that we will will never do something. But when we look at our, and you also can't say you will always do something. <laughs> okay, so consoles today, and you talked about it, Series X and Series S. We think value is incredibly important. We love the position of Series S in the market, which is our lower cost console. Over half of our new players that we're finding are coming in through Series S. And I can definitely say we have no plans today to raise price of our consoles. We think in a time when our customers are more economically challenged and uncertain than ever, we don't think it's the right move for us at this point to be raising price on our consoles. It does appear to- and uh, it's the right time and place for Sony to fuck their customers. Uh <laughs> It's the right time. It's the right place, baby. Series Let's go. S was, I mean, the more I think about it, and Series S was such a, a good move when you really think about it. Oh, yeah. Um, In terms of just having a lower cost version, it's like the Series S is competing with the PS5 in a lot of ways. And it's such a uh, lower cost version. Uh, it's a next-gen cheap <laughs> uh, entryway. And it, I mean, it's really cool. That, that's that's that was just smart on their part to make the Series S uh, as opposed to having like uh, like with the PS5's uh, direction, which is basically having a disc version and discless version. And the discless version, I haven't even seen available. That, that thing is so rare. Even out in the market, I, it's it's. I, I don't even think they manufactured. Well, yeah, because they get more much. profit off the other one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So <laughs> they they their money hiding in, in the the course of even their own consoles of of like oh we'll just offer the more expensive one because we know the other one won't be available. Like they're going down to even that, but Series S is just a, a good value proposition where. Um, it doesn't have a disc, but what it does have is the ability to uh play games um in having ray tracing and some games being 60, pushing performance on, on certain games to uh pa- surpass the Xbox One in certain ways. Cyberpunk, right? Just that update, Cyberpunk, yep. Um, and notice how they didn't release Cyberpunk's DLC to Xbox One. <laughs> mm-hmm. I see a lot of people complaining like Xbox One is is uh Xbox One X is more powerful than the Series S, but it doesn't have a lot of those next gen features inside of the the Series S. There there are some impressive things on the Xbox One X for sure, but uh, just resolution pretty much. The Series S kicks its ass in almost every category. Um, yeah, exactly. Just capability of resolution would be higher, but even frame rate is usually higher on Series S. Um, yeah, I mean that's the goal for the series S. And they talked uh, about that holding back generations, but th- yeah. it was just announced today or like the other day, like Resident Evil Four, the remake, is going to be on PlayStation Four, PlayStation Five, and series consoles only. So it's like PlayStation's kind of holding back now with just making it on PlayStation Four. So like, why is it not only next gen game? 
Yeah, it's actually happening more and more. Like, um, it's it's weird. You know, the whole conversations and arguments that were used heavily. I remember once, like when they announced the Series S and and stuff officially. I like was like, wow, that's amazing. You're gonna get so many people that wouldn't have been able to get a next gen console, like get into get into gaming. And somebody was like, oh, it's gonna it's gonna hold back (laughs) generation. And this guy a narrative for a long time. God, we were like, this is gonna hold back gaming this guy was like on this thread for like three days and he just would not stop commenting on his own comments like trying to make the case of how how playstation was the real next generation of gaming and the series s was going to hold back the future and and because of ssds and uh, and because of uh the 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 low amount of ram or whatever the fuck that he was trying to make reasons for with the series s i'm like geez and it, two years later now right two years later now it has not even been an issue once um and all these games are on ps4 constantly um it's just is so crazy um and that was at the time when they kept saying we believe in generations right and I was wondering, are they going to bring that up again with the PSVR 1 and 2 conversation? Oh, we believe in the generation of VR as well now. We believe in VR <laughs> generations. We, uh, we, we said that before with consoles. We kind of backtracked on it. We don't really believe in it anymore. But with VR, we do because, you know, we just want to charge you again. Um, it, it was such a bad like decision. I always go back to this because when you are developing a game and you have any intention of releasing that game on a PC then you can't fully utilize what's in the PS5. The PS5's uh, best feature is its SSD. But like if you're building a game for any other platform then you can't fully utilize that SSD. So what do you do? It's like it becomes useless at that point and that's where you see uh, games having better performance on the Xbox. In the but beginning, I mean, it's, a lot it's of the same time with that. Like PC, the the range and hardware is so vast. Like you could argue the PC is actually holding back generations more than anything. Yeah, but you got to build shit for like seventy, like GTX seven sixties. It's like there's like five percent of people use that, but they still got to make the game work on that card. You know, it's like the PC is the lowest common denominator and which the is highest. So weird to say. Like yeah. you're like, oh, the PC is actually the the most powerful um one but in actuality because these devs uh the most popular card is is a really weak card the the 1060 so when you're building out these games you're like okay well i gotta build it i gotta build the minimum specs and have those people with those cards in mind so that means by default you you kind of are downgrading your experience (laughs) for the pc uh user base um, so if you ever make a game and you are having in mind other platforms, you can't fully utilize what's just th- what's in the PS5. So by default, I, I always always question the PS5 design um, by nature because its whole essence is is like its SSD and, and how it's going to take advantage of, of games that fully utilize it. And then you have uh comparison videos that show xbox running faster so i'm like okay <laughs> so what, what is it what is it's it's true power for I, I don't know but um i mean we'll see <laughs> yeah for sure man um 
I was like, and so Michael was like, what's the deal with the VR? I said, <laughs> I just told him, he said, what kind, of, what kind of Mickey Mouse bullshit is that? It's, it's is he in weird. the beginning of the show? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just uh, uh, asking what about the VR thing. Um, but hey, let's get into a little bit of some of the gaming talk, right? Wong, uh, Wong. Wong, Wong, <laughs> uh, my name. You're gonna oh, laugh Jesus. now, Pong. You mentioned you were playing the Wolong demo. Wong Pong, right? Yeah. Um, and what Wolong had a uh, <laughs> Wong, uh, po- like Pong, Wong, Pong, fuck, uh, Pong. <laughs> Wolong had a big presence at the Tokyo Game Show the last uh, several days and our last couple days. Uh, so you were talking a little bit about it. Is is it? Uh, you think it's going to be a, a big hit potentially or yeah like yeah they got time um they still got time they got it definitely has its bugs uh the demo has bugs itself so right. I mean, again some people aren't even to once they get past the tutorial they're having i've seen mixed crash. feelings on it right now yeah yeah i think they're like i said for me it feels like because i don't generally like souls games right i i again i think they're great i think they're fantastic but i don't put the time to get good okay that's just not me i'm not gonna do that on those souls games i liked elden ring because it was much more accessible you had the open world you could you know run away from people if you didn't want to be there you didn't have to be there you go discover something else so i thought that was great wolong is right now i told steel early when i was playing it i was like this doesn't feel really souls like it feels more like ninja gaiden um but i know other people have compared it to neo but i've never played neo so i can't i can't make that comparison um but I think it has the potential. It's got a great world. It's got full custom uh, characters. Uh, you can c- create your own character, which I didn't know that they were going to do. So that's awesome. Um, obviously, it's got multiplayer. So you're going to be able to hop in with friends. Um, didn't get to try it out today yet, but it is available on the demo. Um, so I don't know what it's playing like right now. But it gives you different play styles. You pick different classes, uh, how you want to play the game, which come with different spells. You can also use your customization as you... Um, earn your um, as you earn your own points through battling. You can then, you know, if you if you start out in one class, but you rather work on another class or have access to some of those spells, you can actually put uh, ability points into those different areas as well. It's got a real open world, semi open world feel to it. Um, lots of branching paths, lots of different places to discover. Um, I like the battling, uh, the play style. Uh, I picked a stealth type character, so I was picking people off with my bow uh, from long range. I was trying to sneak up on them and obviously kill them with one shots because um, you can do that. You can stab them in the back, whatever else. Um, that all feels really good. The spells feel great as well. But the AI right now uh, is, and again, they don't let you pick uh, level of difficulty in the demo. So I don't know if it's set up on like the easy level. But this one was so, supposed yeah. to be like scaling difficulty too. Yeah, that's right. what I thought too. And it does get harder as I went along. Like I said, I started running into some mobs that were really working. Me I wonder over, if so. that's why the AI sucks at the beginning of a demo. Maybe it's because the, uh, it's, people possibly. aren't playing long enough to I get think that they challenge. Said, like, did any of y'all watch that breakdown they had today? On the no, stream? I didn't see it. Okay, no. so at the beginning i didn't watch the whole thing but they said that uh certain characters are like have like numbers above them it's like level five yes like it showed like a level five tiger and you're like level two yes. so they said that character is automatically going to be harder so harder you could just be in like a maybe a hard zone at that point i'm not it could I, I'm be not sure. they're, they're starting you they start you out at level 10 uh in the demo so you're already kind of ahead of the curve but i don't know i know they have the scaling difficulty and i get that but let me point let me just give you one example 
archer on an upper ledge uh, saw me coming, right? So he starts firing arrows down at me. I walk underneath him, and he keeps firing arrows. You can hear him. He's got no <laughs> line of sight, but you can hear him firing arrows, right? So I went around the corner and found a way up onto the back ledge to get behind him. Well, when I came, when I got up on the upper ledge and I came down this little pathway towards him, I was expecting him to be ready for me or, you know, coming towards me. No, he had gone back to attention. It was just standing there. <laughs> so I walked up behind him and, and backstabbed him. Right. So <laughs> that that's yeah. like, I don't know if that has to do with the difficulty scaling no, or if it just is just dumb AI. AI. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Hopefully it was, this is a 2023 game. Right. Yes. So yeah. hopefully yeah. they got, time. they've got months, they got tons of months to polish it, but no, overall I like the style of the game. Again, it's team ninja. So, you know, you've got yeah. blood flying, um, you know, uh, the parry moves and that kind of stuff are easier than I expected. They're not simple by any stretch of imagination, but the timing is much easier. They give you a much better um, idea of when you should parry. Um, so I was having a good time with that as well. So overall, I think this game really could be something cool. I mean, I, I definitely right do, and I like the style. I'll be day one. It's Game Pass. I'll be there. I'll, I'll I be think the demo is also available for like two weeks. So if anyone yes. wants to get in, get in like soon because it won't you be can, there for that long. And you can earn, I believe, a helmet, right? I think you can believe. Uh, and there's tons maybe. of loot too, by the way. There's tons of loot. Uh, so you oh, are really? finding new weapons, uh, new armor. Does it have a cosmetic weapons. effect on you? Or? Yes, it does. Ooh, when you put it yes. on, you see it. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, super cool. I'm glad demos are are coming back in a, yeah. in a certain way. Like I, I love demos. I think, uh, um, like it, it's cool that they come back. It's weird that know. it's a limited time demo, though. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. Shoot, I yeah. I just wish we'd have gotten Liza P demo. I don't know why we didn't get all these demos at TGS, and and if they've got them on the show floor and they're letting the general public play them i don't know why we didn't get all those demos on xbox i wish they would cut a deal for all that yeah i wouldn't like they did to see it for uh, a subscription right? yeah yeah i was saying at least we didn't have to pay extra for them in a subscription so. right right <laughs> correct correct <laughs> uh, but no i think it's got a potential for sure right. and i love teen, teen ninja so i haven't had a chance to try it yet um that rise of ronin game i'm mad is playstation exclusive that's yeah i'm more excited for that than wolong personally yeah. me too it's more my style um it's kind of differs i i feel like when playstation does a deal with a publisher it's an exclusive deal and when yes. microsoft does a deal with a publisher it's coming to right. game pass and it still shows up everywhere right yep. i prefer that just saying um all right so <laughs> uh shout out to everybody in the chat wow 97 people still hanging out watching right now uh we got uh, awesome people in the chat have been here watching this whole show. Uh, if you like the content that we do here, if you like fun speculation, if you like all of our stuff, hit the like button, share, and subscribe. Appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, see if we can't hit 100 likes before the end of the show. That could be um, one of our first, uh, one of the few like times button. we've actually hit, hit 100 before the end of the show. Um, but yeah, we got more games, guys, to get into because uh, Tokyo Game Show was pretty damn strong for xbox like there wasn't a whole lot of brand new stuff coming but there was a few and then there was uh some games that again like we said have avoid have been avoiding xbox now those franchises are coming back so uh one of those persona 5 royal started off the show uh and also street fighter had a big show today too they went in depth with street yeah fighter, i so need to we're gonna more info on that we're gonna and, talk about street fighter after for sure because i gotta get into that but the uh persona 5 royal was uh started off the show and i think that's been selling out 
physically i've been seeing yes. like yes. on xbox yeah. xbox has been selling out yep. i thought people didn't buy japanese games on xbox nope not at all never weird that's such a Can't weird happen. strange thing it's because they only make five copies for the xbox and no one buys it so yeah. it's a oh, copy, but... okay <laughs> yeah it's such a strange thing that nobody buys uh, japanese games on xbox the xbox gamers aren't interested in japanese games fuck that narrative i'm just gonna say there's a lot of Xbox gamers that are, and also if you put more of them on, guess what? You're going to attract more people to buy the platform and get invested in the ecosystem that are interested in those games. It's like a dumb excuse. If you want to bring and, and if you in people, only, you got to have what they want, right? If you only import like, like, let's say you have a series of Japanese games and it goes from like one to twelve, and you only put like five on Xbox, then. Yeah. How how are you expecting people to to like trust that you're gonna put the other ones on? So they get into five, they're like, okay, I enjoyed that yeah. one. All right, what about six? What about seven? What about eight? What? And and I feel like that's a a, a huge problem with at least Final Fantasy uh, um, and, and some other <laughs> yeah. franchises. Well, squares like the randomly word, throwing yeah. Crisis Core on on Xbox. Yeah, like yeah, let me cool. throw Crisis Core, but not the other ones. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then expect it to. Isn't do that well. coming to Switch also? Uh, yes, I believe it is. Yeah, I think they showed that on Switch. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, Persona 5 Royal, I think, is going to do big on Xbox. And um, Atlas finally bringing their games it will be big. Um, which is also. Persona 4 Golden hits, yeah. though, because it's never hit console anywhere before. And now it's coming to console. Yeah. That's going to be gigantic. There, there's Persona characters in Blaze Blue cross tag battle, also, which I didn't know. I was like, confusing me when I was watching that trailer. I was like, is this Blaze Blue? Or, you know, because I skipped that one because I wasn't on Xbox. Um, also, Exo Primal was shown again. That game is getting uh, more enticing for me the more we see it, uh, especially when they started showing customizing those uh, skins for the mechs. Uh, Fuzzy, are you, have you been keeping up with Exo Primal? Is that something you would check out? Not, not as much, but I, I not from a racer. The first day that they showed it, the fact that it was like an anthem meets Dino Crisis kind of thing. Yeah. That, yeah, I'm I'm willing to give it a try, but I fuzzy. Didn't you can control a T Rex. That's it. Yeah. It's sold. Yeah, you can control you got, you a T Rex. Oh my god! Was it like a lasso collar or something like that? Yes. And you can put them through a wormhole. Yeah, and you can send them after the other team. Oh my god! I can't wait. Uh, oh, that's yeah, cool. that, that that's definitely going to be fun. But yeah, I, I think they I'm, showed off more of the story for uh that at the Xbox show because mm-hmm. they've been showing off the multiplayer before. At the Capcom show, they showed it also again. Yeah. And it looks pretty cool. It like it has an interesting story, but more than that, it just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of dumb fun with friends. Where they have like class systems, where you have a tank and you have like a Kinda like a support. Second extinction to be. It's a it's going to be a unique game for sure. I, I feel it's going to be different. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I just I hope the Capcom servers work because usually they're ass. Well, <laughs> then we got uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle uh, Special Edition. Um, coming to Xbox, coming to Game Pass in 2023. Um, and again, in this one, it's characters from, like I said, Persona, Undernight and Birth, and Ruby web series, to mention a few. The game was released in 2018 uh, on only PlayStation, Switch, and PC. Um, also, this is one of the reasons I was getting into like the whole Arc System Works thing, is Guilty Gear Strive as well, uh, which has been a, a pretty successful damn game for a while now. Um it won Best Fighting Game at the Game Awards in 2021. And that's uh, making its way over to Xbox, finally. Uh, then you got uh, Rocket Blade Point made an appearance with some uh, more uh, campaign uh, talk here as well. Um, and that's also was announced as coming to Xbox One. 
I believe. Correct. Oh, sorry. Did you see? What did you say? The Rocco video posts a picture with Phil, like just ten minutes ago. Who did? Phil Spencer and Hideo Kojima. <laughs> just oh, chilling. really? Nice. Yeah. Um, but we know that he's got a game coming as well, right? So uh, then we got a Danganronpa uh, V3 Killing Harmony. So this is the third of the Danganronpa games uh, finally making its way to Xbox. Um, then we got the, a new hero for Overwatch 2 with uh, Kiriko. Uh, then there was Chris Jones' uh, game he's hyped about, Iron Chronicles 100 Heroes. Uh, they had something called that Dyson Sphere program. It was like a PC game. It's a city builder, yeah, on like space. Yeah. There's just city skylines or whatever but in space pretty much yeah, that was interesting to show up and one thing that's kind of been under the radar is the forza horizon 10 year anniversary um they have some new content coming out for that uh they showed this here i uh, thought they were going to show something else because they kept, it was like 20 oh, 2008 forza horizon one or whatever and they kept going mm-hmm. by the year so i was like are they going to do japan yeah. 2023 <laughs> <But> <laughs> it's like... um and then at one game, I know you're, you've are you been talking about Jasper. I saw you on Twitter. And I, this actually looked pretty interesting to me. It's Pal World. Um, this is like a... It's, I'm going to read what Yahoo said. It said, have you ever wanted Pokemon Yahoo? but with guns and <laughs> Did grenades? Did you say Yahoo? Yahoo. That's oh, how I say oh, it. I'm oh sorry. Oh, my God. You Texan. Yeah, Yahoo. You dicks. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you ya- dicks. Yahoo. Uh, Look here, Hoss. That's how we say it. <laughs> as Yahoo says, uh, Pal World, it said, Has, have you ever wanted Pokemon with guns and grenades? Well, Pal World is here and is the answer to those prayers. Pal World is a multiplayer open world survival and crafting game where you collect Pokemon. Uh, I mean, pals who will fight, farm, and build for you. Pal World had already been touted for Steam, but today it was announced it's coming to Xbox consoles. In 2023, this game looked pretty actually impressive. Steel is hype too. Yeah. yeah, it looked pretty cool, man. I'm not. I'm not. It, what was weird about it was watching it. I was like, it almost looked like what Everwild could have potentially been or something <laughs> because you're walking around with these like big ass creatures, right? And you're like walking around and doing stuff. Um, I but, just want to shoot some of those little bastards. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked. It looked. Did it not look fun? Like I don't know. Uh, Jasper, are you, is this like high up on your list now? Uh, it was definitely like the game I was most excited for out of that show. Like, right. honestly, so okay. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey just hit Game Pass as a shadow drop for uh, the Tokyo Game Show. Unless it had already been announced, I don't think it had been. I think that it was rumored that it was going to happen. Uh, so we got that. Um, we got Nino Kuni Wrath of the Rich uh, remastered hit Game Pass as shadow drop there. As well, that's one another one that skipped Xbox before. It was. Uh, we're also getting number two as well. Yep, we're yep. getting number two. Uh, Twenty uh, number two in twenty twenty three. I think the first one was a PS three exclusive, um, and yep. it was a it was a massive hit at the time. I Studio got great Ghibli, reviews. Animation, it's yep. gorgeous. Yep. Uh, uh, excited to go back and try the first one when when that hits. Uh, or actually, it's there. I just haven't been able to change. So. Uh, Fuga Melodies of Steel uh, is also another one that dropped into Game Pass. So this show had multiple games hitting Game Pass instantly, um, which was pretty cool to see. Uh, you got to love that. Um, I haven't had a chance to even check any of these games, but I've also, to be honest with you, I've been really into NBA, and I'm kind of addicted right now uh, to uh, the crunch time mode on there, which <laughs> I told Pong last night I hit. I was aiming. I had to hit Tier 40. On crunch time, and I did. I hit. I hit tier forty, and I got my team up. Uh, Then sweaty. I'm not even a twenty yet, for God's sakes. (laughs) Uh, I did work the auction house today, though, to get my team a little bit better. Yeah, 
Nice. Yep. I gotta dig into that later. Long see what you got. Uh, Death Loop was announced as coming to Game Pass. Yay! So I can take retract my video where I was so like, "What the fuck's going on?" When they announced it for PlayStation uh, Plus Extra, and with no sign of it coming to Xbox, and I was thinking potentially that would keep it off of Xbox Game Pass for a few months, but it turns out they're just abiding by the PlayStation contract and allowing them to have this game uh, as per- part of their first rights of refusal. But I guess it did not restrict them from being able to put it on their own service as well. So uh, we got that game is hitting PlayStation Plus Extra and also hitting uh, Xbox Game Pass on the 20th. So Deathloop is an awesome game. Right, I've seen people trying to shit on it for some reason because it's made by a Xbox Studio. But I'll be honest, but what they really showed kind of like turned me off that game. It's good, Jasper. I don't know. You may not be not you're up your alley. It's arcane. I know Jasper, that's the problem. That's it. what turned me off. Of it. Oh, well, see, you're, you're one of the arcane not fans. There are there arcane games never sell well because there's again for whatever reason some people just don't like arcane games, but. If you love them, you love them. I'll so, tell you, the, the controls on this game feel better than any arcane game I've ever played. Yes. Right? 100%. It's more smooth, like a like a like more of a traditional first-person shooter feel, as opposed to are there arcane games kind of feel like real slow and clunky, kind of, with the controls. This is a lot better, Jasper. A lot better. So Not if that's been your detraction, uh, I think you may like this. games utilize what arcane did with Deathloop, like the... The way the the features they did with the controller on Deathloop with the PS5 was was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, well, we'll yeah, still get crossplay also. Oh, really? So PS5 yeah. players yep. that jump into the world they can play. Or with... is it just oh. PC and Xbox? No, it's crossplay between okay. between Xbox and PlayStation. So you can invade PlayStation gamers' games and fuck them up, and they can <laughs> invade your game and fuck you up. So. It'll be interesting. But they don't play multiplayer games, so that's true. So we'll see. Uh, I don't know. They play Call of Duty and uh, FIFA and Madden and 2K online. Um, <laughs> I don't even know why PlayStation has online. Besides, they could just run the servers on those games, and it'd probably be equally fine. Um, anyway, I'm just I'm, I'm talking shit. I'm sorry. Was uh, <laughs> so overall, hey. Uh, Successful show, you guys think? Absolutely. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Lots of great topics. Yeah. No, I'm talking about the Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> Tokyo Game Show. <laughs> <laughs> ready to get out of here. His yeah. girlfriend's there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're got, before got some two week old uh, food to eat. But, oh my god! Before we head out, though, uh, I want to also mention the fighting game genre is back. Yeah. Street Fighter 6 is insane. Yes. Um, that looks crazy. Uh, Tekken 8 even got shown at the state of play the other day, and that looked awesome too, what we saw of it. Um, are y'all excited for the fighting genre to be lifting back up to prominence again? Absolutely. Because, I mean, even earlier this year, we had King of Fighters. Uh, they just did like a re release for the. Um... Uh, JoJo's um, bizarre adventure, a... whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's definitely making a comeback for the most part. It it, I guess it goes to show when you try to keep a particular genre to one box, it doesn't do as well as it does when you have it everywhere. So it's it's great to see the Street Fighters back. 
great that there's a new Tekken. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to a lot more of the fighting games that are coming out, and you know, let's see with uh, Another Realm is mysteriously working on, but um, you know, definitely, definitely looking forward to these upcoming games, and you know, it's been a long time, long time coming because Street Fighter Five only on PlayStation. I don't, I, I I think they've learned a lot of lessons, or at least Capcom has, and probably other other uh john or other companies have learned as well not to do that anymore yeah everybody but square uh is <laughs> learning their lesson right now uh it seems like uh square just like, doesn't know what the hell they're why doing why are we doing why is our business not working <laughs> you know we sold off know. all the dead weight why didn't we, we sell any copies blockchain. on xbox oh we forgot we didn't even bring that out on xbox we'll give them a five-year-old game I'm sure that'll be a good success, a barometer for success to see if it's worthy of bringing games out on that platform. Um, all right. So then, uh, also, hey, uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. Um, bro, wish bro. I could play it. Did but, you watch? Yeah. Did you watch anybody playing it? I watched. Shout out to 108 yeah. Dragons Lemon. Uh, he he was streaming it today. Uh, he was playing with clowns and everybody over there. Uh, brother, even through the stream. The sound yeah. is probably the best sounding Call of Duty ever. Already. Yeah. Just from what I heard today, the guns, everything about that game, the maps, the couple maps that they had, I don't remember how many maps they had, um, looked fantastically laid out. Like there was, it just, this is, get ready. This is Tom Henderson said they're going to update the beta every day. They yeah, already the, got like yeah. DLCs. On PlayStation, you have to pre order it on PlayStation to play right now, though, right? Yeah, it will open yeah. up in two days for everyone, though. Or okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm saying that this is probably going to break the records for Call of Duty uh, when it's all said and done. I think this this is going to be the one that is it that that comes back again. And there's it's, so much content there that this two year plan for this game is yes. completely doable. And to bring yes. it back, like it's already been, people have found fan favorite maps: High Rise, Terminal, Quarry. Like, there's so many like nostalgia just gonna hit you in the face when you play this game (laughs) i'm kind of factor they got new stuff they got i'm kind of excited about that two-player co-op mode Mm -hmm. that sounds pretty pretty fun and also they have that 3v3 raids which sounds like real tactical and slow paced and stuff too like i don't know man i'm I'm getting really i I was already amped for this cod more than any cod have been since the original modern warfare games back on the 360 but uh the more I see and hear about this game and going back and watching that, it's like, uh, this is the next, this is that next step. There is some yeah. dumb ass stuff though, that I'm concerned about the gulag. Wait, there's <laughs> always going to be dumb ass yeah. stuff. Come on. Like they're bringing back person? last, they're bringing back last stand. Uh, yeah, there's a third person mode you can yes. play. Yes. Were you saying three bit? Oh, I was just saying, uh, like everything I saw from call of duty looks very like, positive to me um it just the fact that i don't know if i could even play because it, <laughs> it hates my internet but if i can I, I would love to jump in and try it out and and the way they changed looting and warzone back to kind of like blackout style where it's slower and like a pain in the ass to navigate like that's a that's a concern for warzone for me um like we were kind of mentioning like pong kind of brought it up in the dms when we was first being shown he's like is this just like bs features that it's already in the game it's like they're just kind of reinventing or whatever it's like yeah maybe Madden style <laughs> yeah because like, like yeah. uh they're, they're like making a big deal about water but it's like that's 
that was in Black Ops 3. You could go underwater and shoot underwater and stuff. So it's like, that's not really a new feature, but they're kind of making a big deal out of it. So I'm wondering how much of that is like actually new stuff versus stuff that's already in the game. Like, is the raid just going to be like the Spec Ops missions that we had before, you know? Right. But like water to this extent was like, it's a much bigger map than like Black Ops, right? I mean, this is, this I mean, is Call of Duty standard. It's not like Battlefield, where it has all these. Was it though? Features. Because the Blackout map was a BR map that had a bunch of water. It had river systems you could swim through and stuff. So, like, is... oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you might be right, <laughs> bro. It's got car surfing. You can climb on top of the car. It's gonna yeah. be amazing. <laughs> yeah, <let's go. laughs> It is just so oh, much just the, the gunplay and just the yeah. the the fluidity. Uh, what I saw today out of the beta, it looks so much better than the you know the past two games already. I mean, it just looks like they yeah. really this is this is going to be the one. How many gigabytes is it going to be? King's back five hundred gigs. At least. <laughs> <laughs> Man, make some space, Complete guys. Every single game you have on your console. <laughs> Between that and NBA Two K Twenty Three, I won't be able to fit anything else. Did we think. talk about that way back in the day? That's like the ultimate plan of either 2K or yes. of Activision. So you can't buy any other game games. so big, yeah. you can't have any other game on your right. system. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> so much to look forward to in this one, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm really like, looking forward to it. Today, I was struggling to find something to play because I just want to play Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Like, I was just starting a game like, I don't want to play this. I just want to play the new Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll be playing the open beta. You know, I, the other promising thing for me with this is people playing the beta right now and experiencing good things. That's not what happened with the Vanguard beta, right? Right, right. Vanguard beta right away, people were like, "What? What is the this? fuck yeah. is going on?" <laughs> you know, like this is that. That's that's why it's the only Call of Duty game I have not bought still to this day. Um, since Call of Duty Two, that is. Anyway, all right, guys. We'll get everybody out of here. Uh, appreciate each and every one of you uh, for joining the show and ha- taking the time to hang out with us as well. Uh, you guys rock. Um, hey, also for audio listeners, hey, we have an audio. Uh, we actually have our first audio supporter as well, which uh, I don't even know exactly how that works, right? But uh, I, on Anchor, there's a way. You, if you're an audio listener, you can go on there and choose to support the channel that way and uh, support the podcast. So I appreciate uh those out there that do that, but also everybody that uh, takes any one second to even watch any of our content, uh, whether it's on uh, here on YouTube or if you want to listen on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or uh, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. Uh, you all rock. I absolutely love you guys. Um, all right, 3-Bit, it seems like you want to go because your girl keeps trying to get your attention and say, get the fuck off the show. Um, so, hey, where can everybody find you, dude? Uh, yes, everyone can follow me on Twitter at i3bit. It's been a pleasure being on here. It's always great being on the Xbox Ultimate with Pong and Jasper and y'all. You guys are amazing, and, and I, I love podcasting with you guys. So thank you. Um, awesome topics here today. We 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 actually covered a lot um, that I wanted to cover in, in some other shows. So um, everyone, follow me there. I'll see you guys on the next show. I am on FSP on Mondays. And uh, then I'll, I'll randomly pop up in some other shows. <laughs> so right on, man. I'll see you guys then. Um, take care. Appreciate you, dude. Have fun, whatever it is you're about to do. <laughs> um, Be safe. Yeah. <laughs> the always fuzzy Don't one himself. Oh, my God. <laughs> the always fuzzy one, Fuzzy Belvedere himself. Hey, 
Buzz, uh, awesome to have you on our shows all the time, dude. Appreciate mm-hmm. you as always. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Oh, it, it was awesome being on here with you guys. So much fun, man. Definitely, definitely looking forward to FSP on Monday and uh, right back here on Might Friday again. News, but... <laughs> no, I, 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 man. It, it it's it's now going to be a weekly thing of Sony stepping on, you know, rakes <laughs> and popping themselves yeah. in the face with stupid stuff. But uh, man, for anybody that wants to hear my endless ramblings on anything gaming, just follow me on Twitter, Buzzy underscore Belvedere. Uh, catch me on the Shop Podcast with PTK Blam and Pong Soul tomorrow night, nine PM Eastern Time on PTK Blam's channel. Like I said, FSP on Monday right here. On this channel, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Breakfast with Boom, 10 a.m. on Friday, Eastern Standard Time. And then right back here again at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fun Speculation Channel for Xbox Ultimate. Thank you, guys. Thanks, as always, Fuzz. Um, Jasper, the realist, uh, you weren't very much of a Debbie Downer today. Only a little bit. Uh, You're pretty positive. No, I'm just kidding. You're great. Uh, Hey, where can everybody find Lore Master Jasper? Uh yeah, just type that in on YouTube. You should find me. Uh it's Lord Jasper on Twitter. And as Fuzzy was saying, it's FSP is on Mondays. And hopefully we have big news for that because Tom Henderson's been teasing a big story coming up on Monday. So yeah. Interesting to see what that's gonna be. Yeah, he said like uh, the biggest scoop ever or something like yeah. that. What is that? Did he really? Yeah. Hmm. You didn't see it? I put it in the, yeah. I think it was the gaming chat. Yeah. I must have missed it. I must have been when I was working. Sorry. Uh, wow. Okay. It could cool. be trolling also. <laughs> yeah, it could uh, be. But anyway, we got that to look forward to, uh, whatever that's going to be. And then on Friday, it's Xbox Ultimate. So check that out. Nice, dude. I uh, appreciate you as always, Jasper. And thanks for uh, hopping in with the streams that we could do this week uh, as well. Um, Pong Soul. Yes, sir. Encyclopedia of gaming dating back to the first game ever created where can everybody find you ah what an amazing night brothers uh glad to be here it was great topics of course and again this was always fun man hearing everybody else's opinion on this and it was great to have three bit back and join us again (laughs) uh which is ultra rare uh but here we are so that was awesome chat you absolutely were amazing over 100 people in here almost the entire show chat was flying lots of good discussions in there appreciate you all for showing up on all of our different places that we are and even other podcasts. You guys do this because you want to enjoy this gaming hobby as much as we do. And we love talking about it and you love talking about it. We can't do it without you. So thank you all for being here. Appreciate it. Um, otherwise, you know, the drill pong soul and Xbox pong. Soul on Twitter as well. And then of course, tomorrow morning, you got to get up, you got to get ready. So get the alarm set. Because Living Split Screen is going to be live. The show must go on no matter how I'm feeling. So Steele and I are going to be talking about all this stuff. And plus, we'll probably have some of our rants in there as we always do. So be there tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time, 3 p.m. BST Time or UK Time, whatever you want to call it. Be there tomorrow morning, Living Split Screen. And then obviously tomorrow night, like Fuzzy said, the Shop Podcast, PTK, Blam, Fuzzy Bell with Deer, myself, and I think... Fuzzy, correct me if I'm wrong. It is Silent Cipher tomorrow night as the guest. Uh, always a so. great time with him. So be there tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Bring your questions because uh, usually the second half of the show, as long as we got time, 
uh, PTK opens it up and lets you guys kind of pick the topics, but we do have a lot to get through this week. It's going to be interesting tomorrow night for sure. Uh, Tuesday's Xbox Factor podcast. If I'm there, I'm there. Uh, otherwise, you've got to be there anyways. It's Double Barrel Gaming, the channel, Mr. Boomstick, the man, all good things green, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time, every Tuesday, be there. And then, of course, Thursdays, it's p.m. in the p.m. Pong and Mav in the p.m. We are on a streak of guests that Mav set up. So we started out with Psycho, a brother from another Psycho Knots, two weeks ago. We had Dealer on last night. I had to turn the captain's chair over to Mav. Uh, because I certainly am not feeling 100%, and I didn't think my voice would make it through that. So go check out last night's show with Dealer. It was awesome. We got through a ton of topics in about two, a little over two hours, right, Mav? Last night, which yeah. was crazy. Uh, so go check that out. But this coming week, we are having a special PM in the PM in the afternoon. I'm sure Mav will reiterate it. 2 p.m. Central? Yes. Two, uh, 3, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Eastern Time. 3 yeah. p.m. Eastern Time. P.m. in the p.m. is going to be an afternoon show because we have an extra special guest from across the pond. So we are making an exception for none other than the great Jez Corden from Windows Central. That's going to be an awesome show. So be there this Thursday again. We'll be putting out reminders this week as well to make sure everybody knows it. Um, so that's going to be just one hell of a time on Thursday. Otherwise, it's the golden age of gaming people. Get out there, play what you love, love what you play, and I will talk to you all real soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, right on, man. And I'll, I won't reiterate too much on PM of the PM. Uh, Pong sold that for, you know, uh, th- Thursday at 3 uh, Eastern time for Jez. It's going to be a great time. But uh, Mondays, like Jasper said and Fuzzy said, you got uh, FSP, Fun Speculation Podcast, 10 PM Eastern time. Uh, every Friday night here at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, Xbox Ultimate. And if you want to ca- uh, catch me uh, just playing whatever at different times, uh, game streaming, uh, usually in the evenings, and um, come check that out and just come hang out and say hello. I love to have the chat there to, to hang out and interact with while I'm playing games. And, uh, hey, you never know, whatever video might pop up or whatever co-stream uh, event might be there. Uh, try, try and cover as much as we possibly can um for you guys and i appreciate all the comments and support that you guys have given to the channel and to us here we love you and i hope you have a fantastic night take it easy bye-bye Bye. later